Welcome to episode 409 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto, team, welcome along to episode 409 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? Sensational, and you? You're sensational, I have to say. Nice t-shirt. Oh, that's my Iron Man, Nutrigrain Iron Man New Zealand finisher. Was it, was it the finisher top, was it? Yeah. That's really nice. Thank you, Bevan. Yeah. A little bit smaller. Bring out your eyes. No, those guns. guns are looking pretty sharp, to yeah. be honest. Let's move back a little bit. I know, it's, anything's possible. Yeah, it's, it's a really nice one. My finishers tops tend to be my undergarments for my uh, when I go out biking these days. I don't really wear finishers tops. Well, so the last two weeks you've done it, so I think you're changing. Because <laughs> you wore finishers top last Good week. point. Can you turn my volume down a bit? Yep. Just yep. The professionals that we are. How's it? Is it right? Perfect. That's good. Okay, uh, Iron Talk is proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. Your tasty, delicious coffee fix. Athlinks.com Social networking for endurance athletes Extreme endurance Your lactic buffer And trainerroad.com And we were going to have an interview with Trainer Road today But um, the guy from over there is not feeling so good But we'll talk a little bit about Trainer Road And then next week you're going to find out a whole bunch more Yeah, it looks really fascinating It's awesome, I've been using it lately And also we're going to have a bit of a, a, bit of a team, aren't we? We are, haven't we? We've got a team established Oh, it's going to be Oh, not Donkey Kong Okay guys, in this week's show we've got a bit of news We have an age group of the week we have a website of the week we've got um quick 24 update project 24 update yep project 2014 update yeah get it right yeah, yeah. So, well maybe in 24 you'll be doing it too it'll be 10 years from now yeah well, i don't know i never say never kids will be you know pretty much out of your hair how mm. thomas will be 16 yep he won't want to hang around for you anymore then he'll come with us oh he'll definitely want to go he'll be doing it 16 year old is 16 year old i means or is it 19 is it relevant yeah, it must be. Maybe it's 18. I think maybe it's 18. No, we had, there were 16-year-olds that have done it. I wonder what the youngest is. Yeah. There would have been some random race somewhere where a five-year-old did yeah, it. Somebody sent us, it was uh, like Chesapeake Man or something last year or the year before, there was some young, youngster doing it. Okay. Uh, we were going to do an interview, but it's been canned, so I'm not sure what we'll do instead, but we've got some questions and answers at the end. And anyway, we always like to announce the biggest news of the week big at news. the beginning of the show. Big, big. And John, what's the big news this week? Bike jerseys are back. They're back. They're back, bad baby. Not just bike jerseys, John. Bike shorts. Woo-hoo. But wait, Bevan, there's oh, more. Wait, there's more. We've got the ladies' version as well, the pink version. Oh, have we had pink before? We've never had pink before. Oh, mate, we could move Going it up crazy. in the world. So we're using a different suppliers, Tom. We're using O2 Creations. So you can go onto our website under... Go oh, to store. I'm doing it right now. You go dub, 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 imtalk.me. You click on store and one of the drop-down menus and you go bike jersey. You go there and you pull up the little bike jersey... Web page and you've got the men's, which is the blue. All girls can wear blue as well. Exactly. And we live in a very. All guys can wear pink. Yeah, and we've got bike shorts, bibs, or non-bibs. And the shorts even have the colour at the bottom that match the top you get. Very stylish. Or you could go blue and pink. Mm-hmm. A bit weird. So it's all looking good. So we're basically going to have a, the order run through to. 10th of May and then I'll cut it off there and uh, we'll Pretty cheap. Put, put the order in and then we will 
get them delivered about eight weeks after that. So you probably won't get them until... It's going to take a while. Yeah, basically start of July. Probably, yeah, start of July or so should be about when they arrive. Uh, so wait, you've got, yes. wait, wait, so you've got to a 10th of May to order. So basically you've got to go out three weeks yep. to order them. And once they're ordered, John will go and get them all organised. Then once they get back, we'll ship them through to you guys. Now there is shipping cost. If you're in New Zealand, it's $5, which is bloody cheap. Australia is $10 for the first item and then $4 every item on top. So let's say you get um, a top and some shorts, it'll be 14 And then the rest of the world's $15 New Zealand, this is, guys, for the first item, and $4 on top of that for every extra item. And the bike jerseys are, was it 70 is it? 70 US? 75 US. 75. The bibs are 80 Yeah. And then... If you oh, buy one, both of them together, you get yourself a little deal. Wait a second. Have you got bibs or non-bibs? Yeah. Shorts? Yeah. Oh, you haven't got a picture of the non-bib shorts. Well, I figure people can visualise that one. Yep, use your visualisation skills, guys. Uh, but if you get the set team, you save some money. There's a podcast here for you. You could do that part of your, your fitness behaviour or something, visualisation. I've done a visualisation thing. Oh, yeah. Good, yeah. good. Yep. 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 Discover yourself for visualisation. Um, $150 for a set of jersey and shorts. So get a pair of bib shorts and a jersey and you just drop it 150 Yeah. Quality. And you know what would be really cool? You're going to be the coolest person in your club because they're going, to, oh, I listen to I Am Talk and you and the matching set. Yep. And so if you go onto that website, you can go to the size charts. And John's put up a little size chart for the female and male out there. And you can just get an idea of what kind of size you'll be. And they're more, I would say they're more Euro Asian style sizing as opposed to American. So what does that mean? Well, America, you get a meet. If I get if I go to America, I'm always small and even a small sometimes big. Do you think American lie just so they yep. don't feel so big? And then when I get uh, Euro or Asian stuff, I'm usually between small and medium. Okay, well there you go. So that is the big news of the week. Well, John's a small or medium. Yeah. No, so you like to be an Asian because you like to be a medium, don't you? You don't be a small man. I don't mind being small. You're, you're a small man. I like to be fitted. Yeah, you know, this this top here. Those guns are looking good. I, I wouldn't call you a small man. No. Big man. Well, I was at the gym yesterday, and we got a guy called Steve, who's, who's actually won the world championship in bodybuilding. Nice. In in the amateur class, he was he won the world, Mr. World. Roid or non-roid? Well, <laughs> 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 know. who knows? Yeah. I will tell you what, it's not looking natural. He's a big boy, man. Yeah. No lies. He's about that wide. Yeah. Now, for you listening right now, it's wide. His guns are bigger than my quads. Did you hear the sad news earlier in the week? No. Ultimate Warrior died. Oh, I did hear that at Jen. I was I was pretty sad about that. Yeah. Were you more of a warrior or a Hulkamania? Um I was a bit of a mixed. Oh, probably was probably more uh, Jake the Snake McRoberts. Oh, did you? Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 Was it Dilla with him and Brutus Ababa beef beefcake? Yeah, cut his hair off. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. And who else did he fight? It was Million Dollar Man, wasn't it? They had a big battle. Remember? Because Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. And who was the guy ravishing Rick Rude? Yeah, ravishing was there. He pulled was it? Oh, the Macho Man was Miss Elizabeth. It was too, but no, she she, she changed. Did she? But anyway, this sucks. If no, you, it if doesn't. Because that's the thing. Our listeners are men who are over 30. Oh, Bevan, that's a bit of a generalisation. We've got plenty of lovely female listeners. I love all our female listeners. Did you talk to a brother about TP? We did. It was discussed. Yeah. Yeah. We got we got quite a few emails People saying they loved that yeah. So one guy said Top 5 I'm talk moment And I just said It was unfortunate We turned off the recording Because when you discovered What was it, what it was mm. That was actually Probably the funniest part Anyway We're going to pause for a second Because Troy is ready So uh, we'll be back in one second And we are back Jombo And uh, we just had an interview With Athlinks So we're going to have that On the show Which is all good in the hood But the next piece of news We have for this week is that Iron Man has announced another race. Iron Man Maryland. And this one's got a little twist. Kind of rhymes. Yeah. 
I'm uh, in no. Maryland. Oh, yes, yeah, so I oh, If you don't say the D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you should do if you're oh, speaking yeah. the Queen's English. This one's got a little twist to it, as a lot of the race new races are coming up. Ironman are basically taking over, by the looks of it, the Columbia Triathlon Association events. They got themselves into a bit of a pickle. Um, oh, and, sorry. Just financially? Uh, um, sort of. Oh, yeah, really? Is yeah. there a bit of cost, is there? Uh, you read the article on Slow Twitch and you can find out. I don't want to comment on uh, stuff that I don't know enough about. But they, they used to run a series of events. So they used to have the Chesapeake Man down there, which is uh, not going to be happening this year. They have got, uh, I think it's Eagle Man. So Eagle Man was a 70.3. So new iron distance race, not on the same course as Chesapeake Man, but it's uh, down in that neck of the woods. And... Uh, yeah, should be should be. I mean, in some ways, they've they've saved some of the events that may well have uh, may well have fallen over. Otherwise, keep talking because I want to read this article. You got me thinking now. Oh, there was one one guy did um, sounds like did something a bit dodgy. So uh. and then they basically became pretty much insolvent, and so all the events that they ran, which uh, were, was a, a good handful, were going to basically not happen. So the WTC have come in on the horse and saved the day. Oh, good and created a new new Ironman at, at the same time. race has been around for years, isn't it? It has. And the one thing I've got to say is, I, I go on and on about this, but there's another, I think there's only 30 slots um, for Kona at this race. When's it going to stop? You can't just keep creating slots. John, apparently he's got to build a bigger pier. You do, apparently. <laughs> I mean, they've given away 25 for the people that train the most this year. But it's becoming a, it becomes more and more of a nightmare to for the people that are trying to qualify it just becomes a bit of a lottery I'd much rather see less number of races so with wait more a second, slots but are these 30 coming off other races or they'll have to come from somewhere but if every race drops down to say 30 it just becomes a lottery on the good people who should be going to Kona say there may be the people that might finish third at a race or something and then they're going to miss out on a slot because they're just all the races are going to be spread so thinly I'd much rather see you know you have I don't know five races in the states five, six or seven have got slots um, so if we've got 30 slots, how many age group categories are there? I don't know, but it basically means most age groups there is one, one. Uh, and, and the, the really popular age groups is two. So so for example, Kona 70.3, which we, we went to in Auckland, uh, 70.3. Which shouldn't have, be having slots? Yeah, we shouldn't be having slots full stop. Yeah. Kona, different story. Um, but in my age group, they had two slots in both races, and, and all... All pretty, I'd imagine but, but so all the females. But your problem is one. what? My problem is it becomes really, really hard for the for the Kona level athletes to go to if, if they're an athlete that's going to be finishing third or fourth, and that, and so the Kona quality. Um, the problem is, you. Ah, am I going to put this properly? You, 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 it's much riskier to try to find the right race to qualify it. So if one rock star turns up, you're screwed. Whereas if you have uh, an event, say like a Melbourne, where you know there's six or seven slots, if you have a good race, you, you stand a much better chance. It's just a, a lot less risky. So I'd just much rather see there's less races with more qualifying slots and then some races that don't have any slots at all. I don't know if I totally agree with you with this one. Because I the totally thing is, oh, wait, wait, I'm, hey, I'm, can I'm, I put my argument forward? No, no. <laughs> because I'm right. And we are I'm right. Because the thing is, is... Okay, so basically, you're saying that uh, there should be more slots, so there's fewer chance for everyone to get a slot. Yeah. So let's put you in the example. Let's say you're in. Um, nine, I did win my age group. Yeah. Let's let's well let, let's say uh, you race this year and you're thinking I can go nine twenty at yeah. Ironman New Zealand. Let's say Ironman New Zealand dropped to to two spots, then you've got no chance whatsoever. Um, but, but, but but then 
if if we said right let's try to pull all the good guys together and say the regional races and it's just a lot less risky but I then, just, but then, and but then but and you go you have but, a million, okay, of, a million okay, of events okay, 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 and you okay. go to Ironman Australia and people think oh one year it'll be 9.20 the next year it'll be 10 hours and it'll just become a it'll just become an absolute nightmare but, but the thing I'm wondering is the thing is about this way which is probably more fairer is that it's spread out more around the world so if, if you've got more races around the world so let's say you live somewhere near Cambridge, Maryland and it's real hard for you to do any other Ironman you know with let's be honest there's of, enough races in America I know but let's just let's just say this you know if you're going to if you're going to be in that part of the world it means that the local triathletes in your area sure only be one or two of them but it will be the guys who are the best in the area will come along instead of going they, you know let's say you're in a place that's not so central where there's lots of races, then you go, well, the guys in New Zealand, they get four or five slots and we only get one. That's unfair. I agree with that point, but I think America's got enough slots. No, overall, but you get what I mean? So by spreading it out more and more distribution around the world, it actually is fairer. Mm, a lot of people travel for races. No, but, but you're still, that's, not, that's not an argument. The argument is that how do, how's it fairer overall for everybody who races all around the world? And if you have the same allocation of slots, which means, sure, the best person has to get them, but that's just tough cookies. You haven't convinced me. Uh, I, think right. I think I put some doubt in your head. Let's maybe, put it maybe we should. Uh, that, that's a new discussion of the week because my other one was yeah, your one was weak. It was weak, and it's been already been <laughs> screwed on by by WTC anyway. So the discussion is what the the discussion is: should they um, pull the Kona slots into less races? Let's say, for argument's sake, um, fifteen races around the world, as but, opposed but, but, to. But okay, the problem with that is, I think that. The Kona slots, it's like, sure, we want to get elite fields for the pros and having championship races. I mm-hmm. totally get that. Where it comes to age group races, do we really care about elite fields? I do. I think, yeah, but you're an elite guy. But like, when <laughs> That's I think, what Kona's all about. But when, when I think about, yeah, but I think when you look at like Auckland 70.3, does it really bring all the best athletes from Australasia to the race? It was getting better, yeah. Yeah, but not really. Well, it's heading in the How right direction. How many guys who were in or Ironman New Zealand, Ironman Melbourne, I'm in Australian races who would win I their age the groups first, turn up talking to 7.3. I think the first few in Auckland would be right up there in any but race is in it, Australia. Like, is it bringing out the 15 best guys? Oh, it must be. That guy, <laughs> that guy got fifth. Anyway, um, <laughs> but it's, it, it, that, agree with the regional championships. That's going to take a while to pull on. But Kona, you want the oh, no, best no. field in Kona. Yeah, but and I think this way of doing it is not right. I don't I don't know if having... Let the know, people right, talk. Wait, well, let me put my argument forward. I don't think that having the best... having. 15 races around the world are meant to draw the best age group athletes will draw them because lots of athletes won't be able to afford to get to them. Whereas if you've got more spread out around the world, you actually get a better representation of Kona I'm, and the I'm best saying, in the world. In one race in New Zealand, you'd have two in Aust- uh, probably two in Australia, then you'd say have five in America, five in Europe, and then another five spread around I So guess, the argument Asia. is, do you think that having less races, maybe 15 races? Yeah, 15 races 15. around the world, which would only be Kona qualifiers, in comparison to having more spread out slots all around the world, would end up with better fields at Kona. Yes. Okay, there you go. That's the discussion of the week. <sighs> it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, okay, so so anyway. Uh, and all you fast people out there, back me up, because I'm right. Well, I don't know if you are, because if you're a fast guy, you go to Maryland, you're going to win. Even if you're the next. Well, then you're not going to win. Sorry? You're not going to win, you're not going to Kona, so that means the fastest guys are going to end up in Kona. I think there would end up being some, from year to year, you'll end up with some Mickey Mouse results all over the place. 
Trust me, I, I'm, I'm a cherry pick extraordinaire. This no. used to happen to me all the time. No, it happened all the time in France. I'd yeah. go, sweet, I'll go to that one, and then all of a sudden 10 but guys would turn when, up. It's different when you're play, playing in a field where you know, your local race is three hours away, when instead of having to go, okay, I'm going to have to travel to Australia to do this race, if you're in bloody Hong Kong, and you're the best guy in Hong Kong, and you'd go, oh, well, whereas if you can do a race in Asia where you're going to be the best well, guy. There'll be a race in Asia under my system. Oh, <laughs> yeah, That's what I said. Yep. If Challenge family have renounced a new race they're going to Denmark John I'll, I'll have Mark 2 version of this well prepared next week <laughs> Okay. But going back to Denmark they had their series of races stolen off them from WTC when the race organiser jumped ship but there's going to be another one and it's going to be in Denmark at the Legoland oh Thomas would love it oh, I've, got to go. awesome. I've, got to, I've got to go do it have you been to the movie yet? is it out? yeah I think it's out okay. now uh, yeah. it's at the Legoland Billand Resort Oh, Thomas would love that. That's the one way you could say an I man. Right it's convinced Belinda based Victoria, on Victoria, just uh, get me an entry for that for next June and I will uh, fly over and uh, Thomas can come with me and go to Legoland. I was driving down the hill the other day and I saw this little kid walking home from school. Mm-hmm. Uh, from must have been from Cashmere School walking down the hill and he had a challenge bag on. I thought, well, what kind of kid has a challenge bag on? Mm-hmm. Victoria. Oh, right. Because nice. she lives just down the road now. Yeah, very yeah, good. So there you go. So I love that. So Challenge uh, have gone to Denmark and that's partly because... I Man took over their race. Yes. And then we got an email through from Gary Fegan this morning, the Mr. Constant Deliverer, mm-hmm. saying, uh, well, it turns out WTC have been doing the same thing again. So it's taken over the Challenge Barcelona race. And now it was. That's not official yet, but apparently they're official officially news is out come tomorrow. Out. So this is, this is hearsay, gossip, mm-hmm. we could say. But apparently it's coming out tomorrow that WC will be taking over the Challenge Barcelona race. And it's going to be now a 70.3 and a full. Now, was it, a, it wasn't a full in the past, was it? Yeah, it was. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So but They had two. They had a, a 70.3 and a full different times a year. But this is going to be both at the same time? or the, You got the email. Oh, it doesn't really say much. Come on, Fagan, give us more. Um, so the question really Holding is... Holding both a 70.3 and a full distance race. Crazy biscuits. Well, I wonder... Surely Challenge is a pretty mean contract now that if you're going to pull out, it's going to cost you some coin. There's always ways to pull out. Because what seems to happen in our show nowadays is Challenge announces a new race every week yeah. and then about every five weeks, WTC steal a Challenge race. Yeah. And occasionally w- Challenge would go their way around. Mm. It's very times, isn't it? Okay, international tri-athletes line up for Challenge Taiwan, John. Is this on this weekend, is it? It is coming up this weekend. You've got Dylan McNeese, the defending champion, who Great gassed them all there last year when they had the first race. Uh, last year, he took it out very convincingly. He did 8.16 last year. Swam 47, rode 4.29, and ran 2.54 for an 8.16. solid. And Linda Granger won it last year in 9.23. So. Racing? Sorry? She's still racing? Yeah, she is. She's yeah. racing this race this year. So Dylan McNeese is uh, seeded number one according to Torsten's try ratings. Uh, expected to come in 8.38. And then a guy I've never heard of, Andre, Andre Vestika from Croatia, I think it is, uh, predicted to come in a minute and a half later. And then Frederick Kronberg in third. So those are your main pretenders. I guess the other ones to look out for uh, Jason Shortis, uh, whilst he's a bit long in the tooth. He can certainly go pretty quick on the run. And mm. Pete Vibrusik's in there. And good old Guy Crawford will probably be trying to hang in there on um, Dylan's feet for a bit in the swim. So, yeah, good little field. And but a girl sort of things. Got to think Dylan's going to have to be strong enough if he puts out a performance like he did last year or a Wanaka performance. He'll just well, gas he them smoked all. Wanaka, didn't he? So, yeah. you know, if he's in that kind of form. Mm. And Gina Crawford's uh, backing up. Third, must be her third iron distance race of the year. Or did she do Melbourne or not? 
I don't think she no, did. She didn't, no. So she's done Wanaka, uh, New Zealand, New Zealand, and now doing Challenge Taiwan. And she's expected to win by a mere fifteen minutes over Britton Martin. Belinda Granger is in there as well, and Simone Mayer, who's down in uh, Wanaka, and Kate Bevilacqua. So okay. pretty handy little field. So it is a good little field. And if you're, you know, based on history and ability, you'd say Gina is probably a clear favourite. Mm-hmm. But because she hasn't been as successful this year, and we know that she's made some adjustments, do you think that she's a bit pretty, of a spanner in the works? No, she had a pretty good eye man, you see. I mean, she got beaten by um, Meredith Kessler, but Gina went 9-16 or something, which any other, if Meredith hadn't been there, she I think won. she was just yeah. off the course record. So I think Wanaka, yeah, she, she struggled like hell, but I mean New Zealand, she was pretty good. So I can't, unless she has a terrible day, I can't see any of those girls beating her. But it should be quite a good race for, for second, I think, between um, yeah, Britta Martin goes okay and uh, Belinda Granger, you know, she always uh, keeps chugging along and Simone May had a nice race in um, Wanaka and then Hilary Biscay's rocking up as well. She raced in a while. We haven't seen her, we haven't seen her name as much now, do we? But Ultraman stuff. Oh, that's right. She did too. Hmm. Okay. Um, we've also got Strongman coming up in Japan, which is the 30-year anniversary. It's a 3K run. I mean, 3K swim, a 150K, 55K bike, and then a 42K run. And they have 1,600 entrants all over. And I think we've got to give them a bit of love. They, they, I've been to a few races in Japan, and they're massive. And this is the 30th anniversary, and we, we jump up and down about um, Ironman Canada and Ironman New Zealand yeah. and, uh, and Ironman Australia and stuff, and they're also having their 30th anniversary. Strongman has been around the same amount of time, 30 years, and you know, 1,650 is a, is a big What's field. It's a New Zealand field, isn't it? The races in, in Japan is mental. They just, uh, really? there's, there's never enough races, and they always sell out, and they're so passionate about it, and they just go mental. I, I couldn't pull up any results or anything like that because it was all in Japanese, but um, yeah, good racing. And there were often a lot of their races. Like, that, have, you aware, like, have you always been aware of Strongman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always known that, seen that name coming up, but it's always. They don't, it's not like they put out press releases and you can't really read the results, so uh, it hasn't really got a lot of uh, attention. There's no prize money, so there's, I don't think there's prize money. They could probably do their website but, a little bit. But they, um, <laughs> yeah, no, had a look at it's that very yesterday. much 1993. Yeah, <laughs> they um, often some of their races are in some of the Japanese islands off the bottom of Japan, so they're they're sort of uh, yeah, they're a long way from Japan. You have Japan up here, and you have uh, Taiwan, and then these islands are off in the middle. You have um, Strongman, and I did a. Astro Man race over there once, which was in the middle of nowhere, and and yeah, they yeah. good crowd support. Oh, they're just they're little bloody fishing villages, and oh, the really? crowds go mental. Oh, really? And uh, they all have their big drums beating and all yeah. that stuff. So, so you basically, they take over the take over the islands. It's um, it's good stuff. Oh, well done, strong man, and good luck when your thirtieth year anniversary. Okay, so congratulations on being. So we got an email. So basically, we start having an understanding of what this award system is working on, and we've got a few emails. Oh, from this people. is the all world athletes. Yes, and for accomplishments, we want to reward you for with a special opportunity. So this is an email someone they sent to you. They sent to me. Okay, so, so you were what? I was. Silver or bronze or I something? Bronze. I think I was bronze. Yeah. I think I only had one. As you may have heard, Ironman announced today that Cambridge, Maryland will be becoming its 12th US location for Ironman series. So they've got 12 Ironmans now. The inaugural Ironman Maryland will take place on Saturday, September the 20th. Anyway, that's just about the race. Blah, blah, blah. Basically means you can enter early. Well, there's a few things. You enter early. Mm-hmm. You also get a sticker on your number. Yeah, and somebody sent that email through to us. So they did... Uh, Galveston 70.3 and you had a sticker on your race number and had a spe- special, special queue a special queue so well, you, you could jump the queue jump the queue yeah which was nice yeah we value you and you also got a like a luggage tag okay yeah like a yep you know depending on what colour you got we value your loyalty and want to offer you a priority registration for into this first year event. This means you have special access to register at the event before it goes on sale to the general public emails will be sent 
John, this is elitist. <laughs> it's great. It's brilliant. I, I mean, no, this is cool. I mean, we, we sat there and we, we belittled the system a little bit, saying, you know, it's a bit Mickey Mouse, it's not really fair, it doesn't factor around the Kona stuff. And what do you really get out of it? Blah, blah, blah. You get a little bit of recognition. But these are just little things that actually yeah. make it no. feel a bit more worthwhile. I'm actually, yeah. You know, like, you know, how much can they really afford to spend on it? Probably more than we think. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, like, you know, when this first came out, we kind of thought it seems pretty pointless. Who's really going to follow it? But for the people who we know who have been there, it's a bit of a good fun banter thing to do with your mates. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a level of perk that comes with it, which is obviously, you know, if you are looking at doing Ironman New Zealand and you've got this next year, it means you mm-hmm. can enter early. It saves you a bit of hassle, particularly for races that we know get sold out really quickly. Um, does it make you more loyal to the WTC brand? Potentially for some people. Probably not, not for me personally. Mm. So, because I imagine that's the objective of what they are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, you know, and I think it's nice, like someone sent us through the letter they sent through and with the baggage and stuff. And so, yeah, you're good on them. Try and stuff. There you go. Yeah. Quick 70.3 around up, John. What's the goss? There's a few 70.3s. They had the one on in Malaysia. I don't know why. Crow- I thought Crowy was racing that, but I didn't see his name in the results. Brad Carterfelt took it out with Rada. Uh, Vitakova taking out the girls race Andy Potts smoked everybody well not only by a minute um, at uh, New Orleans along with Lauren Barnett and then Andrew Starkowitz we've seen his run has not been that impressive but he still smokes fields at 70.3s he beat a really solid field in uh, 70.3 Puerto Rico and Helly Fredrickson took out the girls race so there you go, you 70.3 lovers. We do talk about your races. Well, we have to give some love to try247.com because they've got to wrap up John Leveson we use it every week, eh? What's that? Well, just the wrap up. Okay, you know, we can we can wrap it up. Yeah, <laughs> we also had exterior New Zealand. Yeah, I saw um, Conrad Stoltz took that out, and I think Barbara Riveros I think took the girls' race what out. Did they do that? Is that Road of Vegas? Is it? Yes. Uh, yep. Okay, guys, sponsor. We've actually got an interview with the guys from Athlinks, so let's, yes. let's chuck it on. Here we go. Okay, um, it's been a while, but we've got Troy. Been a long time. Yeah, it's Troy from Athlinks back on the show. We haven't had him on since the, the new site's been launched, which we've been uh, very impressed with. So, welcome back to the show, Troy. Well, thanks for having me. It has been way, way too long, so it's good to hear both of your voices. Cool. Hey, um, it's, it's been a big change with the with the site, and uh, <coughs> we've certainly been been loving it. You know, a lot easier to find your way around if you just type mm-hmm. in your race, you get one result instead of uh, quite a long list. So maybe maybe fill us in on some of the you know the key changes you've been um, trying to implement with the new site. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for noticing. <laughs> but <laughs> we we sort of got to a point, you know, um, the 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 platform uh, that that Athlinks was built on top of. In some respects, some of it was you know a, a dozen or more years old um, uh, at that point. So some of it I had written for Toyota and some previous clients before I started the site. So a lot of it was really showing a lot of age, um, and so uh, some of it just had to be rebuilt. Uh, but then a lot of it was just you know early decisions um, that we made in terms of um, you know we were sort of built for velocity in terms of how many results could we add, and so we tried to keep our kind of back-end structure um, as simple as possible so that we could add as many races and, and as many results um, as possible. Um, and not only for our internal team, but also allowing athletes to go in and add a race very simply. Um, and so the more, you know, the right way to do it is I think the way we've done it now where you have, you know, um, one Ironman Coeur d'Alene 
<clears throat> and then all of the subsequent years attached to that race. Yeah. Um, but there's a kind of a level of complexity to that and making the, the, the person kind of find the event first and then add a subsequent year to it. And you get duplicates and you get all of these other things. So, you know, a lot of it was, um, you know, uh, I'll take responsibility for probably some poor design up front, um, but really a lot of it was designed with the reason of just being as simple as possible for uh, more of kind of a maintenance and um, up front. And uh, so, one, so that, one, one of the um, the things that, that has changed is, is sort of the rivals, um, and you know, used to be termed rivals. Now it looks like it's termed links. Can you sort of run us through um, what you're doing there? Yeah, so we uh, one of the, the rivals thing is is definitely one of I think a lot of people's favorite um, functions on the site. And and for those of your listeners who are not familiar with the feature, uh, rivals is or was a feature where you could take everyone you've ever raced against um, and then look at a win loss record, time differentials per event, etc. And you could do a lot of really nice comparison where you could select more than one athlete. You could you know grab you and five of your buddies and and kind of see how you're doing throughout the season. Um, and we, as many people loved it, uh, we, we would get an equal number who, uh, frankly, a lot of women who hated the term rivals and hated the kind of the, um, you know, they said, well, yeah, I want to see that comparison, but I don't, I don't want to be someone's rival. And so it was difficult for us to kind of communicate, well, you know, you're not necessarily adding someone as a rival. And, and so it was just, it was just one of those things where we were always just fighting enough for it to be kind of an annoying to us internally. And so, uh, and then on the other side is we had this idea of a friend. And so by definition, it felt to a lot of people where you were either a friend or a rival. It was this kind of binary relationship between you and an athlete. And so some people had a hard time connecting. And frankly, we had a hard time uh, um, explaining to people that it, it wasn't an either or at all. Rivals was really just more of a comparison than a, than a relationship, let's say. Yeah. And so on the new site, what we, you know, obviously Athlinks is the name of the site. And so we, we looked at this whole kind of friend relationship. Well, I, you know, I race against a lot of people who I'm not necessarily friends with. And so they're, they're really, I just kind of want to link to them or follow them or whatever the, you know, the, the analogy is on other sites like Twitter or Facebook. And so we like the idea of sticking it with this term links. Um, and now we have this head-to-head um, view. And so the head-to-head view really replaced the rival's view. And we're doing a lot around that um, on this next version of the site that we're, we're just kind of building out some new features around there. Um, we have a whole new database backend around it. So it, it, it allows us to do a lot, more, um, a lot more things a lot faster than the old rival system would do. So if you used it in the past, a lot of times outside of just a handful of rivals, maybe you call it your top 50, it got really slow when you try to do comparisons and things like that. So we upped the ante. We, we built a, an entire kind of da- new data structure and stuff around it. Um, we're looking at things like, you know, friend of a friend of a friend types of things. So if, let's say, you know, uh, Bevan and I did a race over the summer, but John and I have never raced. Well, now I can kind of use Bevan as that, that center point hub and then start comparing times between John and I based on, on, on my participation against Bevan. Those that's kinds cool. of things. Yeah, it's so, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, so we and that allows us to do a lot of the new predictive stuff. So we're going to start getting a little bit more active on the predictive front in terms of handicapping races and things like that. And and um, you know, rivals. I think the the main feature that that was really used for was the whole you know reconning a race. So you knew that you know, and you're looking at a start list and you've got you know 50 guys in your age group, and it was nice to be able to see 
um, the handful of races that you've done against each other. But if you hadn't really raced against one another, um, you know, the next level out from that is, well, show me everyone that we both have raced against, right? Find, give me the mutual people between the two of us, and then let me do the comparison based on that. And so this new, this new structure of how we're doing things in the future here is going to allow for that kind of predictive stuff. I'm very glad you didn't call it friends because there's, there's no no friends once the start once the it's gun no goes off there's no friends on the race course. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, in terms of um, yeah, I'm, I'm like, the, the whole site just seems a bit cleaner now as well in terms of uh, you know just the the overall look of it all. I mean, is there other things that you've got in the pipeline outside of what you you mentioned that you want to sort of get across, or any changes that perhaps people have had lots of questions on that you know it's easier to answer in one hit now than in five million emails? Yeah, sure. Um, a few things. I'll, I just want to kind of you know a little bit of history of you know why we changed and, and what the you know uh, our main goal on the site was. So we. We really were getting to a point where every new feature or every change that we were trying to make was, it was just like a domino. So we'd say, well, let's, you know, let's change this little feature, add this field or do whatever. And then we'd say, well, that has to change, you know, these five other features at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so we were just really getting to a point if, you know, before the new site launch, I would say in 2013, we did very little um, athlete facing new new development the site just felt very stale because we were, we were doing a lot of stuff on the back end but we, we just to change one thing it was a very inflexible ui so you know moving things around we had that old three column design and and you know it was always sacrificing something else to make room for something new and um it was just getting very difficult to make those decisions and so we wanted to refresh the ui um but at the same time we really uh, you know, we there's a lot of new database technologies that had come out, so we wanted to take advantage of some of that, and, and you know, some of the speed and, and uh, ease of use that those um, offered. And so, in the new site, the biggest thing I think that most people noticed right off the bat was, outside of kind of just the new color scheme and new new logo and things like that, was the fact that we completely got rid of on-page advertising. So no more banner ads. No, mm. you know, we never had pop-ups, but the occasional one would slip through, like Google Ads and stuff. Yeah. We got rid of all that, um, and really, that was I think for us, it kind of came down to a trust issue, where. You know, if you're trusting us with your your information, your data, not only your personal information, but your race history and and who you know who you're friends with and all those things, and then you know you're seeing like an ad for fitness singles or you know emoji icons to download and things. Or, it or was that, just or if we're in Christchurch, great running club in Christchurch, get, get up to five great running, running club, club. Oh, terrible <laughs> stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah, and so you know it, it was just always kind of a hard thing for us to reconcile. Um, you know, so we um, uh, we we really kind of looked at those kinds of things, made some very difficult decisions around how we wanted um, the next stage of the company to work and run, and so we we made that decision. And then, really, the rest of it kind of started to really fall in place. So, the first thing that we started with was cleaning up the entire event database. So, as you mentioned before, we have I think we have somewhere around three hundred thousand events in the system. Well. Those were just presented as, you know, so Boston Marathon was in there once for every year that we had it. So when you type in Boston Marathon, then you had to wade through this sea of results and try to find the one that you're looking for, the year that you were looking for. And now we have this nice little clean interface where you type in Boston Marathon, shows you one event, it shows you all the years linked to it. You can do, um, a lot of people don't see it yet, um, but if you click on 
on an event page and you click on the stats tab, it's got a really clean graph and it shows how many people year over year are doing that event. So from an athlete perspective where you're trying to figure out and choose between two or three of your next events, it's really nice, frankly, to be able to look and see those events, which ones are getting bigger, which ones are going smaller, you know, is there a problem with the ones that are shrinking, um, those kinds of things. So it, it, it allows you to kind of get in there and do a little bit more recon on the actual events themselves. And we've got some great comments and ratings features in the new site that we didn't have in the other one as well. So from an event database and kind of event discovery um, standpoint, we really didn't have any of those tools in the back one. So what you're seeing here is a very kind of early version one. We cleaned up all the database. Um, we, we made way for what is now going to be a really, really amazing um, race discovery, race recommendation engine based on your past history and things like that. So um, uh, we're, uh, you know, I would love the email. So if, you know, if there's specific features that people are looking for out there that would make finding an event better for them, absolutely send them on. We love to hear that kind of stuff. So um, that's one side on the event side. And then the same kind of mentality there is on the athlete side. So we're using race history now to try to find out, you know, not only what events you like to do, but then also some of the people that, um, that you know, you, you could um, find favor with in terms of finding training partners or, you know, just people to hook up with at events and things like that. So we're using that, going back to that Rivals engine, that head-to-head -head engine, we're trying to be more proactive with it in the future here. So where we could actually say, you know, hey, John, these three athletes near you just popped up on your radar you know, you should think about reaching out to them, see if they want to do a training ride or just say hi at the next event kind of thing. So, and that's something that you would opt into or out of if you didn't, you know, if you wanted to participate in it, things like that. So just some really um, interesting uh, yeah, features cool. like that. Yeah. I guess the only other question I had around is, um, you, know, you know, when you, you, you log in and you have your sort of summary of um, races up the top and it's got mm -hmm. your, your personal best and all that sort of stuff, the percentage um, number you see below that, um, so for example, in Ironman, I've got a, I'm in the top 7% out of Athlink's um, rank. Does that mean you're in the top 7% of people who are registered on Athlink's or what does that number down there mean? No, so the way that uh, the Athlink score works is that used to be RPI, which stood for Race Performance Index, and then we just rebranded it as Athlink Scores. I think it made it a little bit clearer. But the way that that works is we take historically, so as you can see on the site, we have 140 plus million race results in the database. So we take every Ironman that's ever been run that we have in our system, and then we basically plot that on a scale of 1 to 1,000. And then um, we handicapped some courses in there. So, you know, uh, Wisconsin is going to be a little bit tougher than Arizona and so on and so forth. Um, and then that, that holds true for every 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon. And I think we're, we're up to about 18 different distances that we track this way. And then what we do is we, we compress all that data down and then we have some algorithms that uses a combination of um, the Jack Daniels stuff and the Macmillan age grading thing, um, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, calculations out there. Um, and then we apply that to your racing history. And so basically, in a nutshell, what happens is is the more you're racing and the more recently you've raced, your score is always going to be a little bit higher. So each each month when we run rerun these calculations, you start getting penalties um, as you don't race a distance. So if let's say you started at a ten percent, uh, top ten percent at a specific distance, 
if you don't do that for a year, you're going to drop down somewhere like 15, 16%. And so what we're trying to do there is, is um, um, and we, we, we rerun these calculations against our existing data to make sure that they still stand the test of time. So when somebody pops back up again a year later, chances are they're going to be a little bit slower than they were at, the, at that point where they were racing a lot. So um, it is across all um all Ironman finishes or all 5K finishes, et cetera. So, I mean, we're always tweaking those algorithms as well, but um, we've got it pretty close to where we want it to be right now. So, so what you're uh, saying is I can't go and retire. I've got to keep racing to keep my percentage up. Sharpen up, basically. That's exactly right, yeah. yeah. It's motivation. I mean, it's, it's really fascinating when you start to get into these uh, – into this, you know, we have such a, an amazing amount of data now that, um, you know, every year it kind of got better and better and better. And now we're, we add, I think, three and a half million results a month to the system now. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, it's just a phenomenal velocity that we're at right now. But, uh, you know, so we were, we were crunching some Ironman numbers last week. And the one number that really stood out to us was um, if we take every Ironman finisher out there and we, we look at their race histories on average, so this is for women. On average, it takes them seven races into their career to do a tri- triathlon. So their first six races are runs or swims or cycling events. And then uh, on average, their seventh event is going to be a triathlon. Well, then it takes them 20 more events to do uh, an, a half iron or iron distance. Wow. And the, the crazy thing is it, it's 20 for a half iron <laughs> and 21 for an Ironman. So it's just, statistically, it's the same amount of time. So once they sort of mentally get out of that Olympic or sprint distance... Um, it doesn't matter if they're going to a half or an iron. It takes about the same amount of time, 20 races. Mm. And so, we, you know, we kind of look at the, the, his, the historical data there, and women average, I think, it's 1.9 Ironmans in their career, the, for those who have done one. So this isn't all triathletes. This is only for yep, women who have done it. Yeah, uh, but 1.9. And so as we look at, you know, helping to grow those numbers for, uh, for that distance is, you know, it's – it's not likely that they're going to tack another one off uh, at the end of their history. It's really about, you know, kind of helping to drive them to Ironman earlier in their careers, you know, mm-hmm. you know shrinking that 20 races down to 10 races or 12 races and, and getting another one in there. So did it's just do, really fascinating. Did you do the comparison with Min? Uh, I do, yeah. Um, it's, it's not too far off of that. Um, I've actually got it here in front of me one sec. Uh, it is the same numbers for men. Is uh, So it went from seven... Uh, the seventh race to be a triathlon for men at sixth race. Uh, and wow. then instead of 27th and 28th races overall, it's 21 and 22nd, 21st and 22nd races overall, um, being a half iron and iron respectively. So um, it's a little bit quicker in the, in the career for men to be doing half iron and iron. Um, and then also the, the crazy thing is women on average race nine more times in their career than men. That's all, all events combined. So um, on average, it's 52 times for a woman and uh, 43 for men. So. Oh, I'm above average. I'm 44 races. Nice. <laughs> you, you made it. Well done. You well done. If the internet had been around, been around a bit earlier, oh, that number would be significantly more, but that's all good. Um, wicked, Troy. It's always good to hear some updates. And, yeah, we're really impressed with, um, with how the new site's going. And as we always say, you know, uh, make sure you get all your results up there because uh, if you don't do it now, you'll probably regret it later on and do your little mini race reports and everything. And, um, yeah, just, just get a bit of banter out there. So thanks again for coming on the, the show, Troy, and um, look forward to having you on maybe a bit more regularly. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for the support. We always appreciate it. Brilliant. Good one, Matt. Keep up the good work.
Okay, and we are back, Jombo. When I was talking about the, the Boston stuff, I went and checked out all the stats. Yeah. It is a good way to kick out. So what's really interesting when you look at the Boston stats is they have male and female different age groups and participation rates. And this was for all 30 years or however long Boston's been going. Boston's probably going on about 50 years, isn't it? I've got no idea. But it'd be longer than because Iron Man's been going for 30 years. So anyway, um, but what was really interesting is that females, like in the 25 to 30 age group, there were actually more female than men. But pretty much right. up until around the mid to late 40s, it's very close around mm. participation with female men. But once you get past the mid, probably 50s, mm. females really drop away. Oh, why is that, I wonder? You know, like, I mean... It's a very pondering. Why is that, I wonder? Yeah. Very pondering. You know, I don't, I don't kind of have all the answers like somebody I know sitting yeah. next to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't have all the answers. Um, so, yeah, so, athletes, check it out. Get on it. I don't even know why we're doing discussion of the week for next week. We all know what's right. Oh, no. I think I think you'd be proven wrong. <laughs> I think. So, the discussion of the week for this week, so let's clarify so I read it right, is do you think that having 15 age group slot races around the world would create a stronger or... No, which would create a stronger field for Kona? 15 age group races around the world or an even distribution of slots around all races around the world? Yeah. Okay, there we go. Uh, I'll put some music on. Well, we've got the last week's one. Oh, yeah. Well, it was pretty weak. It was massive. <laughs> it was weak. It was massive. <laughs> Did we get six? The European athletes have spoken. <laughs> they don't care. So uh, the question was, uh, next year you have the 70.3 champs in Europe, the world 70.3 champs, and you also have the ITU world long distance champs. Which would you prefer to do and why? Phil Wilson said, ITU, I'd rather represent my country than myself. God save the queen. I can't even get it. Okay, how many? We've Stuart Martin. Seven Lawrence. comments. Yep. Uh, James a wise one. He's got uh, this week topic exploded in my Facebook. You have to <laughs> rename it to ITU Talk. Uh, Stuart Martin Lawrence, I still think 70.3 champs. It's harder to qualify than for ITU, so therefore means more. Still planning to do long course champs due to being able to qualify. Have you done Try Man Jack? No. Try Man Jack's got your bloody Europeans and Americans get all the love. What about us Australians and Kiwis, for Christ's sake? Either would make a nice trip, though. 70, uh, Gary Fegan, 70.3, um, the long course entry is traditionally pretty weak, much more than the short course, whereas you need to earn your spot these days for the 70.3 champs. Martin Schoenlaris, have you done that one? Yep. Okay, uh, Lucy Francis has got, not bothered. Not bothered? And I think most people weren't, to be honest. Man, Seven people. Man, Man Fregenson, it's in Sweden 2015 in Motala. I will surely try to get my slot for Sweden. A lot of good Swedes will be there for 2015 like Jonas Colton KJ Danielson is Jonas still going is he I think he's still plugging away okay okay Jombo well we've done all seven what uh have we missed it have we missed anyone because we've got I think we got it I think okay, we covered good. it that's good okay so that was, that was weak yeah. I was just interested no people obviously don't care that much what's your thoughts if you had a choice well I, I in, in the past I would have said 70.3 is a bit of a joke when it was at Florida, but now it has become a lot harder to qualify. So if you're a Kiwi, it's bloody hard to qualify for the 70.3. Well, pretty hard to qualify for the 70.3. Well, because you're going into Auckland? Yeah, and it, and it still um, it, it still rolls a lot, so it still goes down a lot harder. But again, if we come back to that predictability thing, uh, if I wanted to do a race next year, I'd say you know, for a lot of people, guaranteed, easy, easy to get a slot for the... ITU World Long Distance Champs because each country has a huge allocation. Well, I'm talking from a New Zealand perspective. And then what about like of an American? America might be a different story actually. Because it, it's what? probably, yeah, totally different story because they, they will have, say, they're allowed to have 20 people qualify for each age group for America for ITU World Long Distance Champs versus how many bloody 70.3s are there in America? 
there's a lot. Yeah. So there's probably a lot so more sites So it's probably easier to, to get 70.3 in America, ITU had it. Although do, no, do, yeah, it's probably easier to get 70.3. But do America. the Americans actually care about the ITU long course? Um, I think if it's in America, they do. Oh, do you mean as the races in America? If the ITU world champs in America, yeah, yeah they get a pretty strong field. So I know for for um, for short course, you had to make like the American ITU Olympic distance team is quite hard. For New Zealand, not so hard. So the question is, John, it really comes down to a couple of things for me. Do you want to do because the, the one thing that ITU has over WTC is you're racing for your country, mm. and there is some quite something quite cool about having that New Zealand jacket. I never had a New Zealand jacket, no. Yeah, yeah. And I remember when I first started triathlon, I think it was the year they had the world champs here, mm-hmm. and everyone had New Zealand jackets. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it turns out it's to get here, but hey, oh Bevan, I think it's yeah, people have a lot of pride in getting. There. Oh no, totally. But it wasn't, mm. you know, like if I wanted to, I probably could have got there that year. It's it's not. When it's in New Zealand, it's not easy. When it's in New Zealand, it's not. Yeah, when it's overseas, it's pretty easy. But I just thought, wow, man, you try everyone in New Zealand's really good at triathlon. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and then I was like, oh, okay. I guess for me, it, it boils down a lot to some things we had a few weeks ago when we said, you know, if you had WTC versus Challenge in town and everything was equal, which one would you choose? For me, it, it would largely come down to, you know, a lot of those things cost course design so if, if, if ITU had a fantastic cool course and everything like that and WTC 70.3 had a had a, the same thing in New Zealand but it was a shitty course I'd definitely go ITU yep. costs would come to, into it as well all well, those sort of things a bit similar wouldn't it uh, we end up being about the same the thing the thing is is that I imagine if you do the WTC it's very much an individual experience mm-hmm. whereas you do the ITU you do there's that team aspect of it mm-hmm. you know you probably have team dinners you probably have I don't know you, there's probably more involvement there'll be a governing body looking after you so so there, there will be differences so let's say for example if they had ITU world long distance champs and 70.3 champs both down in Queenstown on exactly the same course I would go to ITU because of that team, team, a, thing, team yeah. aspect racing for New and Zealand and you jacket yeah but then if it wasn't in the same place then it would come down to all those different criteria for me yeah yep. yeah I, I think I agree hmm. yep um, although going to Sweden I think the I level of, Sweden was awesome I would say I think the level of prestige is well in my opinion it's probably the same if you get a medal at 70.3 these days say you're in top 3 versus a medal at, at ITU I think level of prestige is probably pretty similar well level of prestige to people outside the sport mm. you know no one knows it's the thing the, what I would say is Swedish people are bloody beautiful mm, <laughs> I went to Sweden like, was it 2 years ago now a year and a half ago and uh most beautiful people in the world, John. Bet they are. You know when you go to airports, this is the difference between Swedes and, and the rest of the world. A, everyone's bloody beautiful. Mm-hmm. And seriously, John, I'm not just I'm not just I'm putting that on. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's bloody beautiful. You turn around everywhere. What's, you go, your, what's your other point? You had two points. Well, you know yeah. when you go to the airport, what kind of shops do you get at airports? Just your standard, you know. Pretty, pretty crappy, yeah. you know. Yeah. In Sweden, high end, man. Top end. <laughs> Top end. It was like a, it was like a really high class mall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, man, these sweets. And it's not LAX. No, it ain't LAX. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we know this week's discussion. Last week's discussion sucked. Anyway, let's put some music on. Here we go. Age group of the week. Okay, Jombo. So if I look up here, we've got a couple of things we need to talk about first of all. Good old Joe Baxis. Did we give her a nickname? Um, can't remember. Can't remember. She's known as she listened to last week's Age Group of the Week and she listened to Matt Bins Sharpen Up. Yes. So Peter Colson. Yeah. And Matt Bins has got a bit of an email, which we'll go on to later on. But she just said Nicola Hart. I said, you Nicole know, she had, Hart. Sorry, Nicole Hart. 
if, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> don't get too angry. Nicole Hart, you know, I said, well, she had a good run. She probably did a 310. Turns yeah. out she swam 109. And the reason this is coming up is when we were on the you guys Ironman heard Melbourne page last Confirm week, we wouldn't bloody filter anything out, so we couldn't find um, Nicole's time. She's, she biked a one a 521. 30, but you ran a 301, John. That is moving. That is moving. It wasn't, I, I don't believe it was short. And when you look at the, the top guys' times, yeah, they had a tailwind and they all mm. ran fast, but 301 is still 301. 301's a far out, Brussels sprout. Yeah. What's your fastest in an Ironman? Uh, three hours and a, and a handful of seconds. Yeah. She's a, a handful of seconds. Mm. So basically then Matt Bins come back and said, okay, just set the record straight. John doesn't have to use his computer skills, but basically she does, he met at the same time. She had the fastest time female run in the marathon on the day, to put that in perspective. Her time in the holy half marathon in November was 1.24. I don't know if she's ever run a straight marathon, but not, I'm guessing, because she probably has. Um, for any, basically, yeah, turned to Peter Coulson, he knows everything about her. She only weighs 46 kg. She, she, he sent through a photo of her and she does look like just, you know, she's quite short. So, mm-hmm. um, but Nicole. Bit of, bit of a Miranda Carfrey going on there, yeah, man, yeah. And he, Matt's been putting a bit of smack talk out there. He's got Colson will never get age group of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so he's putting a bit of smack talk out. Okay, but Glenn, Glenn who, John? Glenn, somebody sent through this week's age group of the week and he's got. I would like to nominate my sister, Kelly Newbolt, for Age Grouper of the Week. Recently, she finished Ironman New Zealand in her first Ironman and the start of a new life for her. Kelly was introduced to Ironman when she came to watch me complete an Ironman AZ. Where's that? Arizona. Arizona, back in 2007. Ever since then, she has always chirped in my ear about doing an Ironman race with me. Years passed by and not so much luck, but in 2012, she found her life was... Became, what's, what's happened? I tried to filter it. It's still not... Bloody Ironman Australia website is still not working. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. You just gave the, the computer an angry look. Um, years passed by with not so much luck, but in late 2012, she found her life was becoming something she hadn't wanted and was becoming a spectator to all the events rather than giving it a go. With this... Uh, her weight spiralled down upwards, giving her more reason to hide from the real and hide behind every heavy work hours. Her heavy work hours week after week. 2013, she decided enough was enough and made the call that Ironman New Zealand was going to be the race that changed her life. She quit a job. Wow, this is pretty full on. Left Wellington and moved to Perth, Western Australia, to change her lifestyle and begin the road to an Ironman finish. With the move, she was closer to myself, her mother, father, and was able to talk to her father during. The race with us. Uh, April 2013 came in and we all signed up for the race. Really hit with it and she realised she was going to be uh, a lot of hard work and bad habits to break. She hired a coach, Andrew Ivy, at Elite Sports to guide her journey from start to finish. They set a plan and started with her losing weight and slowly building up the endurance for the race. Starting out, just swimming two lengths of the pool was a feat, so the idea of swimming 2.4 miles was a big ask. Along over the next nine months, her body weight dropped and her confidence started to change. She never missed a workout along the way and found, although she was hurting, she enjoyed it and really got ready for the big day's training without a second thought. Race day arrived and although our father couldn't join us as he had a workplace accident dropping an 8 ton steel pole onto his foot breaking every bone and almost losing it from the injury. It's not very good at all. She stood nervous at the start line but looking back she knew the work was done and she was ready for it. She'd lost 35 kgs in 9 months. Wow that's pretty massive. You keep going sorry. Okay. 
um, gone from never swimming, biking or running to ready for the biggest day of her life. Swim Ken went off and she started her day. Swim went well but without an issue or without an issue and came out of the water with a quick 127.35 putting a big smile on her face. Bike was yeah, going it's pretty good when you can't swim for about a year before. Yeah, when you've had two lengths is yeah. a struggle. And a lot of people can swim slower than that and they've been swimming for years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, bike was going to be a long day but she got to the work and completed the first lap without any issues. Second lap came the fatigue and she lost in the last 30k she put up with the pain into her legs and she knuckled down and finished in 7.30.58. What's the cutoff for the bike? She must have been pretty close to the cutoff, so well done for getting through it. Mm-hmm. Having only just run 10Ks in training, the marathon was going to be a killer always. She set out and realised her legs were already toasted and in a lot of pain in them, but walked it out and ran when she could. After she finished the second loop, she was ready to stop and give up, but her friends who came to watch her started walking beside her and lifted her spirits. They started, oh, sorry, <clears throat> they stayed with her for just about the final loop until she got to the finish and let her go enjoy the last few hundred yards. She came down the finish chute all smiles and crossed in the 1640.33, uh, getting her full monkey's worth for her money. Money's worth. Money's worth. I <laughs> got a monkey at the finish line. Money's worth for the race day. After the race day, she swore she would never do another Ironman again, but that tune has changed, and a couple of races are already planned for 2015. I'm very proud of my sister and her finish, but more importantly, making herself healthy again and giving her a new leaf on life. To lose 35, that's 80 pounds. I know, 77 <laughs> actually. Okay, in nine months was amazing, but I'm looking forward to seeing her next race and seeing her smash her time. That is amazing, isn't it? Glenn was actually racked at Ironman New Zealand next to me. I think he, I think he was U-bolt, the, the bike directly next to me. Really? Mm. How'd he go? He had some uh, stomach issues out there and some back issues, I think, from memory. Oh, but he got, he got the finish. Well, made it matter because I think he was proud of his sister. Did a PR. Um, that is cool. So, and that's one of those stories that's awesome about our sport. You know, like it is that life-changing event, isn't it? Oh, it is. 35 kgs. It's a lot to lose. You know what? I've never been overweight. Have you been overweight? Oh, a like, couple of kgs. Yeah, kg I mean, I, I want to lose a jelly belly at the moment, but that's like yeah. a, a kg or yeah, two. Yeah. But I've never been. We've got a runner at the moment who's lost like 80 kg. Mm. And she showed me a photo of John. And it was like, you, first of all, you don't even recognize her. Mm. You look like, a, and it, it, she's, it, it just blows your mind away. Mm. And you kind of think, well, how, how, how much difference there is to your life? Oh, yeah. You know, like, like you know, we have a bit, we have moments where we don't feel so sharp, and we need to sharpen up. But when you've lost, you know, thirty five kg, eighty pound, that's just life changing stuff. So Kelly, you're a legend. She didn't quite it's do the, didn't quite do the John Newsom three year plan, <clears throat> but huge respect for uh, for going from zero to hero in one year. That is fantastic. So Kelly Newbolt, you're our uh, age group of the week sponsor. Coffees of Hawaii, Bevan. Now you're going to Maui, so I thought we'll have a look at the. I am going to Maui. I've locked Maui, it in. Maui coffees this week. Uh, so coffees of Hawaii got coffee from all over the place. So I've got a couple of Ma- uh, Maui blends. So I've got the Maui mocha, a very pronounced taste with subtle acidity, com- complex wine and chocolate tones, described as nutty, malty, spicy, and exotic. Ooh. These small beans yield a superb. Aromatic and unique flavour. Don't be deceived by their small size. And they've also got the another one that I can't. Wait a second, I'll do, I'll do the apple trick while you, okay. you start it's, reading. So it's, it's a Maui red Katuai coffee bean, custom roasted at our plantation with Molokai interpretation. A medium roast coaxes out a subtle Maui attitude. I spelled it out, even the computer doesn't know. It's like Pohaku Oka Anapali. That's a 
Which I reckon you know that. Yeah. Although I would never clue. No. So there you go. go. If you want to get some Maui coffee, check it out, coffeesofwaii.com. All the promo codes are on imtalk.me. I've got the full range of coffees, teas, Chrissy coffee, limited edition coffee, a um, bunch of apparel as well. So check it all out, Coffees of Hawaii. Awesome supporters of the sport. Give them a bit of a like on Facebook while you're at it as well. You can get a, a what's a Keurig K-cup? I think that's for those, um, like those filters, isn't it? Oh. oh, so it's like the pods. Yeah, it is. It's um, when you have those sort of... Oh, so what this is, this is pretty cool. Let's say you've got one of those pod things. Oh, that's very cool. But, you know, you don't want to buy the pods, but you want to kind of just do your own one. Well, you get this K-cup and I think you can put it in the pod thing. Yeah, very good. Yeah. I could be wrong. But, yeah. So, but if you, let's say you don't want to buy that Nescafe because it's crap, mm-hmm. but you want real quality coffee, mm-hmm. you get yourself some coffees of Hawaii, but you can put it in the cup. Very good. No, I could be totally wrong. But if I'm not, check it out. Just yeah. read into it. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Check, check, check it out, guys. Make sure you get it. Okay, team coach... Project 2014 update. Just a quick update. What's been happening? You're back running? Back running. Well, it's hard to know because I've only done uh, two runs, but I'll tell you what. Yeah, but sometimes you know. Yeah, not with this one. The one I have, it it takes a good hour before it sort of starts to kick in. Okay. But I should be fine. Six weeks is usually fine for stress fractures. So. And 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 what kind of running are you doing? Well, I did 35 minutes in Hamner with Belinda. First run back was with Belinda. Hold hands? Uh, We did. She was half wheeling me a little bit. She, oh, she, she, she doesn't think she was But I said you were half wheeling No I wasn't Yes you were You were half wheeling so Do, you, do you not have the, the Relationship run agreement No Do you not know The relationship run agreement no, I don't It's we when do we run together mm. There's no expectation We just It's a doing to each other's time It's not a race uh, Yeah well anyway She was doing pretty well <laughs> She was running 5 minute 30 k's um, Do you tell her Go flat. a little bit faster So no I usually have to tell her To slow down But that was perfectly fine for me What did she do at half in oh, She hadn't even done one um, and she did like 150, but she'd go f- she'd go faster than that. She said, "What'd you do for the, the 5k?" It was pretty decent. Yep. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, pretty sore legs. Tell you what, haven't run for six weeks. You know, running does do it if you haven't done it, eh? Oh, and that was 35 minutes. I know. And I'm sh- very easy off road. <laughs> you saying Belinda's easy now? <laughs> well, I'm saying five minute 30k's is not not smoking it. So and off road, imagine you did concrete. Yeah. And so then uh, that was on Saturday. And then last night uh, on Monday night, did a session with Phil, a bit of core and some and a bit of running. Yeah, but it's uh, it's it's pretty tough to be back. So yeah. Okay. So now what? Now what? Uh, so now I'm just going to just ease into the running. The focus is still on the biking. When you so okay, so let's just do you know we've got a bit of time to kill today. So you're going to your, your big bike block now. Yep. And High intensity bike. Well, it's not massive. So not volume. Just three, three swims a week, five bikes a week, and then I'll just be doing a couple just, a of runs. Bit, just a couple of short runs to get back into and it. And when do you do your big run block? When are you thinking? Uh, I don't really do a big run block. You're just kind of keep get, ticking get, over. Get back into it. After Kona 70.3, then I'll just sort of move into Ironman build-up. So I'll just be balanced training, feeling reasonably confident in my run. So the bike's where I can make the gains. Where's, where's Epic? Uh, we have Kona at the end of May, and then Epic Camp is in the middle of August, mid to late August. Okay, so it's good times. And the, the other, the interview we were going to have today is uh, was with Trainer Road, and we're going to do that next week. So they're now involved with the show. So if you don't know what Trainer Road is, well, let's say sponsor. Yeah, sponsor. So, so it, it's basically an indoor training tool you can use. So um, I'm using yeah, that tell me about it. a lot now. Really, really cool. If you've got a Wahoo kicker or a Compu trainer, this is brilliant. And it can basically connect with your machine and you can pre program all your workouts and you just have to go and do them. We talked last week about the couple of interval sessions. So, so it's software? 
yeah, it runs through your laptop, so it, communi- okay. it communicates with your um, your kicker or your compu trainer. And so you, we talked last week. I was doing some some maximum sort of effort reps for two minutes twenty. I think yep. you predicted I'd be able to do three. I nearly completed six. Oh, well done. Well, I did five, and then I got a minute into the sixth one. And so with that, I basically just get on, and I just have to pedal as hard as I can. And it basically, if I go really fast cadence, it, you know, it just changes the resistance. So I'm pedaling 400 watts no matter what happens. Uh, and then it gives you a nice little report about that. Now, if you, a lot of people obviously do not have compu trainers or Wahoo kickers and stuff. So with, with with that, you can then connect it with your power meter, and so you can have an interval session, and it'll be giving you motivation on the screen. So you might be doing six by five minutes at ninety five percent of FTP or whatever, and it'll basically be communicating with your computer and telling you you need to go harder, faster, whatever. So it's a sort of a workout in front of you, and they've also got some other stuff. If you again, if you don't have a power meter and you've just got a uh, a, a standard trainer, then they've got a way that they can predict sort of virtual power based off a number of criteria. We'll go into that sort of next week. If you're already on Trainer Road though, we've now created a team on there, which is the I Am Talk team, and what with the cool stuff we'll be able to do with that. Is we can have races. We can have races and compare sessions. I'll be sharing the workouts that I do. Oh, this is awesome. You'll be able to then basically do that same workout, and it's all percentage based. So when I'm doing my two minute twenty reps, I'm doing them at 133 percent of FTP. So if you want to go and do it, then your FTP is going to be different to mine, but you'll be doing the same sort of effort. So so for uh, people who are into a trainer, this is like the perfect tool, isn't it? Oh, it's great. You know, if you are one of those winter people, or you mm. are just you know. And so I'm, I, to be honest I haven't done much research on it you know because you've been kind of doing all the work behind the scenes and uh, I was looking forward to today's interview but what what's really cool guys is only 10 bucks a month exactly cheap as creepers so like you're thinking $2.50 a week and if mm. you're doing wind trainer sessions I know when I did, now luckily for John and I in Christchurch you get a bit of bad weather but most of the time you can train outside but <clears throat> if you're someone who lives in a place where you've got bad weather wind trainer sessions always did my head in and mm. they were always non-productive mm. but a tool like this set up some cool workouts and they've got pre-loaded programs and stuff they like have. that. They have and so that's and again another one of the interviews we'll have with the guys there is, is one of the coaches that works with them and they've got a um, you know they've got right improve your 40k time trial or your FTP and then they've got like a 10 week sort of program. Yeah. It doesn't cost anything extra they just say right do this they've got they've got a big huge big library of workouts so they'll say right week one do this workout that workout that workout week two you do these workouts and so it basically gives you a really nice progression plan um, to, to improving your FTP and a lot of you guys who are doing say late season Ironmans now is the perfect time if you're in the northern hemisphere when you're coming into sort of uh, springtime perfect time to be really trying to up the ante on your biking and uh, you know maybe do a 10 week block where you try to improve your um, time trialing ability and this is um, you know it's just got all the resources there for you so it's um, awesome guys very very cool so trainerroad.com we'll have a link to it on www.imtalk.me 10 bucks a month so basically $2.50 a week Mm. really when you think of it that way Mm. and if you're spending any time on a trainer it's just a really really valuable tool so check 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 it out and make sure if you are on trainer road please do join up to our IM Talk team and we'll be basically doing a bit of interaction stuff on there Um, as I said I've I've, I've already started putting my workouts but all the workouts that I do on the trainer um, will be through trainer road and I'll be posting all of them up there so you can do um, do the same workouts so so going back to project 2014 so that's trainerroad.com and Mm -hmm. uh, yep and uh, but basically 20 project 2040 so that's what you're going to be doing over next period yeah. Sessions. So a lot, a lot of uh, very high intensity sessions, and then I'll be doing um, periodic sort of uh, time trials. So I'll be using that to to sort of benchmark whether I'm making progress or not. And then uh, as I build into Kona, I'm, I've got, I think I've got about a five week sort of time trial focus. Where week one I'll do twenty minutes, 
then 45 minutes and then I'll be doing a, a one hour FTP test and see if I can actually hit my predicted FTP. Good times. Okay, John, that's uh, Trainer Road and uh, John's Project 24 Day Update. Let's put some music on. Website of the week. Okay, John Burn Newsome. So, actually, I've written a piece this week and you get a mention in it. Oh, goodness me. Local coaching legend, John Newsom, I put. Right. Right. It's not really about you, but I just you get a mention. Oh, you end a full one about me one day. Yeah. Oh, the legend that is. And speaking of legends, good old Mike Plant. Now we think it's Mike Plant, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it is. Mike Plant, who we've had on Legends, great guy, and also Scott Tinley, uh, who we've also had on Legends as well. Um, the website is tryhistory.com, and yeah. heaps of heaps of people have sent it through. And we should have you, you brought it up a while ago, but it's only been about for a few months. But I think Dave Fish was uh, was the first off the mark sending it through. But yeah, tryhistory.com. Looking good. This is awesome. So, uh, and to be honest, when I first saw it, it was very much kind of day one, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen it since then. And they're just doing a great job of keeping good content coming through, haven't they? So what I would say is, I like to think I know quite a bit about the history from, yeah. say, about 90. early early nineties onwards. Um, but prior to that, it's there's, there's not a lot out there, and you, you know the sort of co- the Kona sort of stories, and we know stuff from Molina, and we're all starting to learn more via um, Legends of Triathlon. But this has some some gold stuff on there on on a lot of those really early days, and uh, and what it was all about. So they have um, yeah some really cool. Cool well, well, the good thing would be like John and I come into it, and Melina's definitely been pretty awesome with legends. And John and I come into it, you know, as John says, from a period of time. But these guys are actually there, mm. you know. And these, you know, Mike Plant was a big kind of photographer and um, reporter at the time, and so, you know, so they get these guys. Yeah, that's no, great. It's a really cool website. You can kind of get lost in it, can't you? You, you can. And so they just basically got feature articles on different moments in history of the sport. And you know, Tinley's in there. They've got a really cool picture there of uh, Mark Allen with tunnel vision when he was. Uh, I don't think that wasn't certainly wasn't the year he won Kona, but he's um, just got this pretty scary look in his eyes. <laughs> and they're just going to be building up more and more um, articles as they go through. And they've also got galleries. You know, um, Mike Plant I think was a pretty big photographer, and they've also got a picture in there from from Dan M and just going to build up a whole you know library of stuff and I'm sure like our legends show it's just, it's just going to take um just going to take a while but hopefully they can just keep keep plugging away at it well it's, it's one of those things that for years go we to the gallery to... page was that go to the gallery page it's gold they've got these guys on those big um what are the bikes where you sort of Big handlebars out the side. Oh, like choppers. Choppers sort kind of, of bikes. No, but it's like a, it's, it's like a ten speed with chopper handlebars, isn't yeah. it? And uh, it looks like it's got some stuff from the very first Iron Man. Just a lot of black and white photography. The Mariner Rusty Pelican relays. And there's just the transition areas. People just standing around. Mark Allen's. It looks like Mark Allen. He's got a pair of denim shorts and a singlet on. Is that, with, is that him there with the helmet? It looks a lot like Mark Allen to me. Denim shorts, that is gold. Yeah. Imagine the shaping on that. Got some great mows going in. Oh, there was the time of the mow, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Tommy yeah. Selleck was the man back in those yeah. days. Because he even did Iron Man. Did you watch that one? I think I did, actually. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, had, he didn't finish it because he had to solve the crime. Oh, That's right. right. So, weak, weak excuse. <laughs> Very good. So check it out, tryhistory.com and keep it in your favourites because I'm sure they'll be adding plenty more to it. Mike Plant, we have Mike Plant on Legends. Um, and, and Mike, if you're listening to this and you want to chuck in your Legends stuff on here, go for it, mate. Like, far out, we don't care. But um, what was I going to say? Um, and Mike, one, one thing I love that Mike said at the end of the, you know, because he'd been, he's been around from day one pretty much, and we kind of said, well, what is it that you feel the sport has lost? And he said, the sense of adventure. Mm. And I, I, that kind of had a note for me. I love the area he said that because it was, you know, like 
there was something about the sport where it was, you know, you can kind of pretty much sign up for an Ironman nowadays and get your hand held through the whole process, mm-hmm. and which is cool, still you know. Do it, yeah, but yeah, yeah. You know, still it's, there's nothing wrong with it. You still had to, you know, still done the work and progress as a person. But I did like that kind of that aspect of they didn't know what they were doing, mm-hmm. you know, and they were just it just brought out it appealed to a person who was the mystery of it was appealing. So mm-hmm. yeah, I did like that. So tryhistory.com. Sponsor John Extreme Endurance Okay tell me about What's happening John They have now Got out their Execute in a 30 serving pouch I think we mentioned This last week um, But what that basically means Is you get a bigger pack And Economies of scale Means Cost comes down in terms Yes of, uh, Economy of scales So so check that out um, Execute's fantastic stuff For you know Post workouts um, Hard workouts Just helping you Recover In terms of uh, Getting the, you know, your Protein in there Rebuild your muscles And lactate To recharge them With adamant, vit- added vitamin B6 B12 Vitamin D And electrolytes And to top it all off It's bloody tasty So uh, I often just Come back from sessions uh, Get a scoop of that In there bl- Blend it up with um, sometimes maybe a banana or just just milk and uh, and just chop it and they have got the cool bottles where you just put it in shake it up shake it up and you're away cold chocolate milk basically quality is it really it is mm-hmm. and the other thing I had an email through this morning from uh, Nadine Voice and she's based in Christchurch New Zealand and oh, yeah. I always see her riding up the hill yeah. always see her riding up the hill yeah she was just saying how stoked she is with the customer service from Extreme Endurance. So she's she's moved house and her, she, you know, I think she's got a recurring order going. And oh, she moved. She was there in Valley Road. No, you're thinking of somebody else. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Nadia. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, I've never seen Nadia running up the hill. <laughs> Come on, Nadia. <laughs> it up. And Nadine was a deep, in deep, dark uh, earthquake zone in, in um, not Bexley. Um, Sort of Dallington area. So oh, okay. Anyway, so she's she's moved to change address and her. I know who you're talking about. But she her, always gives me crap. Yeah, her her um billing address and her delivery address didn't end up matching it, and she changed cards and things were you know weren't working because she'd changed address and it was in America. And an extreme insurance just sorted it all out and just you know there was a few emails back and forth and they just took it calmly and said Robin just helped me out and it wasn't a hassle and uh, no worries, bro. It's just you know like she's just one customer getting one pack a month sort of thing and uh, that's what we always hear. The guys at Extreme Endurance, always happy to help. So if you've ever got any dramas, just pop them a note and good quality stuff and good quality service. Yeah, and they're a big supporter to show. And Nadine, get, you should be able to do some hill work. Mm. Just saying. And I've never seen you do hill work past my house. That's the thing, I see all you, all you guys out there. Right. Spying on you. I've actually got a camera. Yeah. What day last week was I doing my hill reps? Uh, it was Monday. It was actually. Yeah, see, I looked at my camera. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how I knew that? Why? Because you told me last week on the show. Right. Uh, it's questions and answers. Okay, Matt Borowski just basically sent through saying that Galveston 70.3 had the AWA All-World Athlete sticker on his, his number. So he was liking that. Daniel, he's got a few questions. He's got okay. three questions. Here we go. Here so we go. first question, John said he employs the run plan of running 3K, walking 45 seconds for your Ironman events. Where did you get these numbers from? How would someone figure out what is a good run plan? What a good run plan would be? I am trying to do better at running planning for this year, for this year's Ironman. I am doing Ironman Boulder. My last Ironman was Arizona, and I miserable run leg due to GI issues. So, 
Well, I did the Bevan James Isles technique and plucked it out of my bum. Yes, and it always works, doesn't it? <laughs> nice. So I, I use that technique for Ironman, the 3K run, 45-second walk, just because I'm just trial and error, and I, I needed to find a, 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 um, a pace that I could sustain um, throughout the marathon without walking too much. So it was a bit of a bit of a balance. Because the thing is, when you're going to do run walk, you have to go faster to accommodate for the walk. Exactly. And when I was doing my marathon, it was only I can only run so fast. Yeah. Um, uh, so you weren't if, going to be pulling off three forty fives in an Ironman, exactly. And if I had, um, if I had needed to go, you know, if I needed, so my average pace for that marathon, from memory, I think, as Bevan said, I think it was three forty five, I think per k, and so I think I was running at three forties, and then that five seconds I was losing each k um, was, was with the walk. With, was with the walk, but if I'd walked for say a minute or a minute and a half, then I would have had to have run. Say 335s or whatever, yeah. and that would have just blown me to pieces. So that was a balance that I got right for, for Ironman. For, 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 for a marathon, for, for people who are, are not so fast, then they may well find that um, nine minutes on, one minute off works for them. So it's just a bit of trial and error. But for a lot of people, nine minutes on, one minute off works pretty well as a starting point and then play around with it. Ironman, what I'd recommend for pretty much all Ironman is you walk each aid station, assuming that they are... Uh, about two and a half k's apart. That's what I did at Taupo. That's what a lot of other people have done really successfully. Um, don't walk for quite quite so far, but uh, you walk a bit more regularly and you get your fuel on board. So that's what I'd recommend for. Um, okay, so but when we look, like when we think about um, Brian McGee, Bobby McGee, sorry, when we think about Bobby McGee, when he's talking about the walk, he's talking very much your walk run technique. Yep. So when you're walking aid stations in Ironman, do you kind of just walk and kind of walk your way through an aid station? Or no, I'm, I'm walking pretty briskly. Okay. And so I guess the main thing for me when I'm doing my walks is I'm trying to disengage my calf muscles as much as I can because that is what is um, generally fatiguing the most. So I'm trying to not toe off. I guess that's a, the key thing is I'm not trying, I'm trying to keep a good cadence up. Uh, and I, so you go and, a bit more heel first? Yep, a bit more heel first and just trying not to drive off that foot uh, and then getting my fuel on at the same same time. Okay, so the, the objective is to keep moving at a good pace. Save your calves. Save your calves and get nutrition and, and mm. working on aid stations. Okay, now question number two. When trying to improve one's metabolic efficiency, we are working at or below um, a crossover point, the point at which the body no longer burns fat as fuel and only burns carbs. I've done some research on the topic, but one thing I cannot find the answer to is the following question, and I will use an example to illustrate. Let's say you have a 27-year-old athlete by full methatones. Methatone, yeah. yeah. Formula of 180 takeaway age crossover point. This athlete has a crossover point of 153 beats per minute. I understand the body will burn fats and fuel. The portion goes down with increase in heart rate. But let's say the athlete climbs a fairly steep hill and puts a heart rate to 170 BPMs. And now they're burning carbs. When the athlete gets their heart rate back to control with 153, will they continue to burn carbs or fat? I cannot find an answer to this anywhere. Please help. First thing I'd say is Phil Maffetone probably knows a hell of a lot more about this stuff than I do. Mm. But the first thing I will say is I, I think this, whenever you do this um, 180 minus your age or 220 minus yeah, your age, it's just... I just don't agree with it whatsoever. It's fucking numbs out of the air, right? It is. Yeah. So again, I often come back to the example of me and Phil, who are the same size, pretty similar ability. You're a little bit hairier. Yeah, uh, he's pretty hairy oh, as well. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Not, he's not as hairy, but uh, he's, he's got a bit You're of hair. You're his ambition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
his heart rate is way different to mine. His power is different to mine. Yet we're going at the same speed. Yeah. So if I, you know, if, if I'd use that example for me, if I take 180 minus um, minus 37, what's that? That's uh, 150, 143. Yeah, um, I know because I've had the metabolic efficiency test done. That's like 10 to 15 beats above where my crossover point is. So it's it's not not. I don't believe it's an accurate way of getting. It. I guess it is sort of did a starting point. Me, did you race with this crossover point in mind? No, not really. No. no. So where was your heart rate in the race? Uh, about 135 So you were above a metabolic efficiency? Yes Okay Yeah It may have changed from when I had the test done to when the actual yeah, race was done So that's the first thing I'd say is I wouldn't go um, working off those sort of numbers to try to figure out where your metabolic efficiency might be or where your anaerobic threshold might be and all that sort of stuff because everybody's numbers are different and it's just um, personal I guess if you ran five million flipping numbers, you may well end up with that, but it's just, I think it's a bit of a well, dangerous place done. to start. Yeah. Get so, a test done, so then you know. So I think that's that's my first point. And second point is I just think you're overcomplicating the whole process a little bit in terms of just worrying about what you're, what's going on when you're going up a small hill. I think you just need to, you know, if, if most people are doing the metabolic efficiency thing for often improved um, body composition yep. and, and obviously becoming more efficient in the race and um, I think worrying about what it might do on one small hill is not you just take a step back and try to get everything else sorted out before you actually start um, going into that really nitty gritty stuff so things I would um, encourage you to do yeah don't overcomplicate things too much um, doing some fasting training so you know a lot of the, basically the stuff we talked with um Bob Sebaha, you know, going out and doing fasting training sessions. So don't have anything before you go training, and then go out for your for your endurance sessions and um, and go for long periods of time, and that will help improve your metabolic efficiency. You know, avoiding those sugar spikes, which he also talked about. So you know, trying to have less sugary types of things as you're going through training. Um, and so I guess the main thing I'd say is go back, listen to the Bob Sebaha interview. He keeps things nice and simple. Mm. Um, get get his metabolic efficiency um, book. That's got a bunch of recipes and the good foods you can be sort of f- focusing on and as Bevan said um, the metabolic efficiency test will actually then give you some if you get that done give you some accurate numbers to work off rather than just um, pucking that heart rate out which may or may well be exactly right for you but you know if I was to do that it would be completely wrong and, and likewise you know you might be operating at the wrong level Maybe we should get McKinnon back on the show again because he had a pretty good time in New Zealand and he was pretty pretty praising the metabolic stuff after that Yes I would say that uh, he had a very good eye in New Zealand Amazing eye um, but he didn't use uh, oh, he, did, he didn't go fat free he didn't go high oh, fat he basically was chugging carbohydrates all through so that's a good example of but someone but he's, he's big on it leading up to the race isn't he he is yeah. but in the race he, he still he, carbs he, he, had all, he, had, he went carbs um, full noise yeah okay third question would you guys be able to just shed some light on having non-triathlete partner my partner is a cyclist but we ride in our own groups most of the time me with my tri group and her with her group which is more in the double centuries and massive climbing rides, it is very common for their ride to exceed more than 10,000 feet, 3,500 meters. As said above, I am ready for getting ready for Ironman Boulder early in August, and I don't think these kind of weekend rides are going to do any benefit for my prep for the race. I have no problem joining the rides after Ironman as I only race one Ironman per year. The times we do get to hang out, we are both exhausted from our day's workouts. Do you have any suggestions? So I would say that at this time of the year, this is a great time for you actually to be doing some training together, especially if your um, your partner is maybe a little bit slower. You know, you you may well be going into a, an endurance phase, or you might be doing a combination of um, endurance work with maybe some FTP work. So if if um, 
I really say until you get into that final 12 weeks of your, your build up going out and doing some really big long juicy yes. endurance rides is probably going to be yeah. a great thing and you get to hang out with your good partner good strength work in so, there too yes so yeah. um, I, as long as it fits in with the rest of your program you know, if you're going out on a Sunday and doing a 10 hour training ride with your, with your partner then you smoke for all your other workouts during the week then, then it's not the best thing for you but if you're able to go out and do those endurance sessions fits in with training really nicely at this stage of the build up given your races in August I think it'll be a great thing to do Okay, I think some other things to address here. You know, like it sounds as though like quality time for the relationship's really struggling, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's where you guys. The thing is, is that most relationships are set up where quality time can happen quite naturally, and what happens when you do endurance sport is you become very time poor and very energy poor. So suddenly, when you want to have, you know, when you you know you're neglecting other areas of your life, you have intentions, but you're kind of just tired, so you neglect it, and so. It's one of those times where you just have to be really conscious and diligent about putting those times in. So as you say, after a long ride where you've both been out riding all day, you not don't expect anything from each other at that time. And if anything, it's, it's allowing each other to have your own space to reset and re- recharge. Um, but then what times throughout the week can you do those things that create com- emotional connection? Because one of the downfalls um, of those times is if we're really tired – we're not there for each other and so it just creates disconnection and if you don't have those kind of moments they talk about emotional bank accounts and if you don't have those moments where you're putting credits in the emotional bank account then actually you know we see so much relationship failure in this sport that's one of the reasons why and so I would say in this situation is sit down each week with your partner and like I don't know about you but I'm, I'm a real weekly planner I would like to diarize mm-hmm. my week and stuff and you know I actually put in when, when I, my time for Joe and, and part of putting that in means you know, it means I'm not thinking about business. It means I'm not thinking about music. It means, and it means that when I'm that with Joe, I can give her my attention. And I, I think if you're both in a sport like this, it's a really important thing to do. Is when is the time where we both can have good energy for this relationship, and then what can we consciously put in place that's about us emotionally connecting, not just you know, being in each other's space? Because mm-hmm. it is, you know, like it's. it's we're in a, such a great sport, but one of the downfalls of our sport is the broken up relationship. Totally. So think about that stuff as well. We've got another question here from Martin Sylvester. Uh, Sylvester, sorry, and it's got, I'm going to be doing a four-day camp soon, mainly for cycling. It is best, is it best to use my time trial bike, one that he'll be doing on Ironman race day, or my road bike, probably 100 miles most days, so comfortable and enjoyable is the factor, enjoyment is the factor. When John has done his recent bike rides, has these been on his TT bike or his road bike? Uh, pretty much always on the TT bike, uh, just because that's what you're going to be riding on. And if, you, if, if it's going to be big pack rides that's slightly different or if it's going to be incredibly mountainous then uh, slightly different as well. But for example um, when we go to Epic Camp Canada which is 12 days and we've got you know, 25 guys on the road each day, um, you know, I'll still be on the TT bike. We're going to have some pretty tricky climbs over there but uh, providing you've got your gearing set up I just think it's really important that you get used to your TT position and uh and just your, your whole setup. So it's about conditioning your body for mm. what you're going to be doing on rest day. And the only re- as I said, the only reason why I'd say you wouldn't be on it is if you're going to be in packs 100% of the time, then obviously there's a bit of a bit of a safety issue there. Um, but outside of that, if you're riding through the Pyrenees or the Alps or something, then it's a different story. But if it's just pretty just hilly rolling riding or flat riding, then I'd say definitely the TT bike. Okay, Brandon Skilton sent through an interesting email. Poor, this is, goes down for Poor Bugger of the Week Award. So interesting email came through today. In January or so, I bought a Kona lottery ticket. Oh, yeah, I know Loving it. Today I got. Uh, I thought luck was with me when I got a congratulations, you have a Kona slot email, which of course led me to quickly to find out ways to qualify 
missed the chance to get through the 70.3 this year. Uh, a few hours later, a follow-up email comes through saying, oh, sorry, oops, database error led to sending out qualification emails that should have been gone to an actual qualifiers, not lottery people. Oh, well, still have a chance next week, I suppose, but not 100%. So oddly, you didn't see anything on Google about this. So, No, apparently this uh, was, this was Ironman Asia Pacific. Apparently an email went out to, yeah, everybody had entered the lottery. But it was meant to be people who had guaranteed confirmed through qualification, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So everybody who did the lottery got that in the uh, Asia Pacific region. Boy, so it's a cool email though, and an old brush of adrenaline, a bit of a pity about the letdown. I thought it did force me to look back at maybe joining a charity event for Ironman Ken 70.3, where they're supporting Ironman Ken's athletes we have going over, give back to the community as well. That would be a rip on this moment, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would break your heart because for a lot of people, getting to Kona is just the biggest dream. Mm-hmm. You get this email, you've made it. What's the worst thing you've ever thought you had and then it turns out you didn't get it? <sighs> I don't know. When I was a kid, John. Yeah, I knew I was waiting somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I was a really good runner and uh, and I, I thought I'd probably win Canterbury Champs yeah. and um, I went to Zones. I think I won Canterbury Zones, can't remember. And uh, I was pretty excited. Canterbury, Canterbury Champs were up uh, yeah. like maybe next week, next mm-hmm. next Tuesday. Yeah. Mr. D, Mr. D was one of my favourite teachers of all time. He's the guy who gave me the strap, mm-hmm. and uh, he had long curly hair. And I, anyway, and he came in. He said, "Bevan, come into the office." And I thought I was in trouble. I went mm-hmm. into the office, and he goes to me, "Bevan, Cambridge for yesterday." <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I bawled my eyes out, man. I cried like a baby. I go home from school, broke my heart. I tell you, broke oh, my no. heart. So I feel for you, Brendan. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm curious about the photos. So basically, did you see this one? No, you didn't send it through because oh, I didn't want to. Because who was on? Um, okay, I'm on our up. camp. On Kona Camp last year. Okay, so last week you were apparently. talking about the show, you were talking about... I don't know what I was talking about. About your photo at the finishing line of Auckland 70.3, how there was a lady in front of you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so wait a second. So you keep talking. Tell me okay. something funny for a second. I've got to put up this email so, from Mike. So yeah, it was, it was, uh, I was looking through my finishers picks, pictures and yeah, there was a couple of okay ones in there. And uh, and then yeah, across the finish line, there's a picture of some lady <laughs> big bottom. <laughs> So, so Mike thought to himself, oh, I'll go check this photo out. So this must be the photo afterwards. <laughs> you got the best chill of the day. Look who her hand is. Oh. <laughs> Righty hi. <laughs> happy endings. Look at it. It's a happy ending, get, all right? Get off me. John, so the photo of the shot is John's, I'll put it on www.talk.me because it's absolute gold. John's crossed the line. It must be the next photo after this. Mm. And you, there's some lady helping you, but her hand looks like it's right on your package, basically. Yep. 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 So yep. It's Good a, stuff. It's a gold photo. I'll put it on www.talk.me. So thanks, Mike, for sending it through. Brian, Brian Payne. Remember Brian Payne, John? Mm-hmm. What did he do? He did a character juice. Yeah, he did, yeah. The, he did the character business for a while and he did the cartoon. Remember? Remember he did the cartoon in the West? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they were, they were good. Didn't turn out too well. So he said, moved on onwards and upwards. And he said, I was on your show a while back talking about the characters. Hopefully you remember us. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Anyway, basically, he's gone on. He's done uh, 11 I Men trying to create a social media app. So basically, what he's done, here we go. I might thought, um, I've recently quit my job at Placebo. No. Is it Placebo? Picabo. Picasso. Picabo. Picabo. Uh, yearbooks to launch the next big social app and moved from to Boise. Boise, Idaho. In 90 days to do it. I've also a documentary crew follow me around to pl- uh, with a plan of making a film. I know, it's crazy. So basically, he's starting this app, I think it's called Salmon, and it's going to be, he's hoping it's the next big thing. So he, it's, it's pretty ambitious. He needs his help. And what's happening is, 
the app's being financed in place. So obviously he's got big money behind he's got money behind him to get the app started. But they're doing a documentary film. Uh, and the documentary filmmaker is taking a risk to put the money aside to make this documentary about him doing this app. So he's doing an Indiegogo, which is one of those found, I mean, crowdfunding things to fund his documentary about following him trying to create this app. It's a really great story and hopefully inspiring. There's been lots of drama, surprisingly more than I thought there would be, and there's been some interesting drama as well. It's more than an app creation film. <clears throat> Me holding court over some beers is too good. Haha. <laughs> anyway, you can check out. So if you want to support Brian... What's the app? Um, so basically, you can talk for a second. I'll, pull, I'll pull up his Brian. I don't know what the app is. Brian, Brian, Brian. B. I don't think it's done yet, but that's the thing. But Brian Payne. I've got to know what this app is. If I'm going to support him, I need to know what the app's about. So the app is... Salmon, 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 S-A-L-M-O-N, is salmon, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, salmon Social. So, But I'm not sure if the app's completed yet, so... Weak, Bevan, weak. Well... Well, I mean, he sent me the email. We're, not, we're supporting the the documentary. Okay. Salmon Social, the life and death of the next big social app. You go to Indiegogo. Okay. They want to raise they want to raise eighty two thousand dollars for a documentary. So if you yeah. want to support this and watch Brian and his journey get this documentary going, I'll put a link to it on www.iamtalk.me. And I said to him, if he becomes the next Mark Zuckerberg, don't forget about us. Okay. You know, because you know Mark Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. When they when they when they did Facebook. What they did is there was a guy, I can't remember his name, someone Chan, I think it is, mm-hmm. and he was, the, he, he was an artist, quite a famous artist, Cotton Out, the character, I've listened to a couple of interviews with him, and he did free art for Facebook for shares. When Facebook went bloody, he made like $400 million mm-hmm. when they went bloody public. Right. Yeah, and, he, and all nice. he did was just did some art. Nice. So I'm thinking, Brian, 1%. Yep. For this. There you go. <laughs> you know, if you, make, if you make billions and billions of dollars. Oh, wait a second. Here we go. Okay. Here's a video. I think this is a this is a documentary teaser, but I don't know if it's much about the app. Bit of music. Okay, let's move on. Okay, you don't understand the okay. There we go. So, so anyway, if you want to support that, go to there. And then lastly, we've got an email from Daniel Roberts, and he's a sports management uh, guy, DTR Sports Management, and he's basically doing a he's doing a survey on triathletes right. and around sports management, and he just wondered if we could let people know about it and if people wanted to do a survey around their stuff. There'll be a web form I can put on www.iamtalk.me and uh, there's probably going to get a better understanding of what athletes want from sports management. So I'll put that on www.iamtalk.me. Anyway, John, sponsors. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. Coffees of Y. Maui Coffee. And trainerroad.com. Join our team. Okay, John, what you got? Oh, was, do you want any nicknames? Do you nicknames? Okay, nicknames. I've, I've done them, I've done them. I've done mine too. Cool. Yeah, I've had a good boy. I even did one for you. Did you? Well, right, I just made sure that you didn't double up. Oh, uh, yeah. okay, good work. Okay. So if you want to, we're, we're closing in on the last few weeks of getting hold of one of our books for the Kona draw so you get a free trip to Kona basically all expenses paid so yep. get on imtalk.me you'll see the little picture there of getting us to um, what is it called again? Kona Super Challenge I don't know something like that yeah we'll put a lot of work okay. into it righty-ho um, Sheree Lutz Trojan she keeps going 
all day long. She's just a Trojan. Yes, nice. Brett, a rainbow man, Samut. He is his. He was the one who did the indoor Ironman recently to raise money for cancer. Oh, his wife suffering yeah, from course. cancer, and I was kind of thinking in Australia they have a big theme for pink for for cancer. And I was thinking he's he's a rainbow man. Nice. Murray Lapworth, the Holy Hammer. Yes, it's an album. Gave me some grief on email yesterday what for that? plagiar plagiarism. What you um, plagiarise? Well, I put a, a recipe up that I'd had a really good, uh, you know, my, my beetroot burger, and probably should have given the the place where it was published a bit of love. Who? Oh, come on. <laughs> Uh, we will plagiarise let's be honest Chris the generator Dory, Dorian who was it okay well, let's give him love now John who the are dish. they the dish yeah oh, you get that? we got that magazine yeah yep. it's the dish Chris Fantastic. Dorian the generator, generator. I can't believe he didn't go, didn't, didn't go with back to the future there it's not the DeLorean he's D- Dorian it's the DeLorean it's close okay yeah. uh Neil Ripples Olsland. Nice. He he had a picture on Athlinks. Man, he was ripped. Oh, really? Ripples. Did you think about your jelly belly? Yeah, <laughs> jelly belly. I've had day one di- diet. Day one diet went well. Yep. Day two. Day two. I'm on track. Good stuff. Well done. Uh, Paul Madman Mitchell, Carmen Bonkers Bullen. Reason nice. Bonkers was I went on. I know Carmen. Do you? Yeah. I went on to Athlinks and. Uh, Put, tried to pull up her results and she had zero results and it said something about like you bonked you haven't done your first result or anything so oh. bonkers have you liked that one Carmen yeah I was meant to maybe okay go you're supposed to do that well, I don't you? know if I was but bonkers bullying works I like it bonkers bullying yeah it's good uh, Will William Agent J Smith nice that's good mm-hmm. is that from like, that movie he was um, what is it Men in Black that was his uh, yeah. sort of, sort of name Paul Cool Cat Young that's right remember the Paul Young song every time you go Away, yeah. Take a piece of me with Where did Cool Cat come from? Paul Young's band was called something and the Cool Cats. Oh, really? Cool Cat. John, your pop culture is amazing. I didn't know Agent J. Google's amazing. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And my final one that I did was uh, Thomas Hog Butcher Connolly. Because he's from Chicago and I searched up Chicago nicknames. Hog Butcher. I thought that was pretty cool. I was at Chicago nicknames. Okay. I got Greg Penner and I thought of Penn and Teller. Mm -hmm. I've met Penn. I told you that, eh? Uh, you must have done, yep, yep. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Wait a second, I'm going to tell my pen story. So Joe and I went to Penn and Teller. Pen. Oh no, he's got his phone. No, I haven't got a pen to throw this week. Um, Joe and I went to see Penn and Teller when we were in Vegas in last year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, awesome show. They do do some, it's a, magic blows my mind away. Mm-hmm. It is pretty good. So we went to see Penn and Teller, all good stuff. And, uh, and the nice thing about Penn and Teller, at the end of the show, what they do is they go out and they meet the audience. So, you know, you kind yeah. of think, oh, that's pretty cool because you don't expect to see them at the end. So I went up to Penn and uh, he's a pretty big guy. Mm-hmm. He's pretty big. And I get a photo with him, John. Look how happy he looks to see me with me. Oh, yeah. He's not exactly. happy at all. No. He's, he, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. Yeah. And uh, he looks pretty disappointed. Yeah. And, he, and, and I thought, wow, this is really cool. They're out the back. And I thought, no, but you let yourself down because he's out the back but you can tell he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> if you're going to be in the public eye and you're going to do the extra level, you've got to be, even lie your way. That's why yeah. the Royals are in New Zealand right now. They are smoking it. Oh, Kiwis are loving the Royals, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. They are loving it. And I don't really care for Will the Royals. Will is Will and Kate. Do you, do you care for the Royals? Um, no, but it's giving a good feel-good factor. I think it's bloody work, m- money well spent. It costs like a million bucks. So yeah, oh no, it's getting lots of PR. I have to agree. It's At first great. I was like, oh, but, but the Royals are doing it. And, and I don't really get it, but it's not really my thing. But I have to admit... You have to admire their, their commitment to service. Oh, 
you know, because they walk out in that street and they pretend they're happy to meet everyone they meet. Genuine smiles. Yeah, like and they're really genuine. Everybody just feels like they've touched, they're just wonderful oh people. Oh my God, like, loveliest people. Well, you'd speak for one second. Yeah. Or pen. <laughs> you're not very good at this. No. Sharpen up. Next time you do it, let's smile and lie. Right. Okay, so who was that? There was you, Magic Man, yeah. Greg Penner. We've got Kristen McKinley. Now, she's a dentist, isn't she? She is. And then I thought the smile, just um, the smile. Mm-hmm. But then I thought like a thin, because I thought the thin rhymes with McKinley. McKin, McFin. Like a fin, <laughs> like a shark chasing you yeah. down. So then I went the smiling fin. God, we're taking this stuff to the next level. Oh, well, we're getting desperate now. Yeah. Theodore Zedrick. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Theodore Roosevelt. He's yeah. a president. Yeah. President Payne. Nice. Richard Ladd. Rick Ladd, yeah, this Rick is what Ladd. I put in for you. Yeah, it's Boom Bopper. Boom Bopper, because when he was riding in Kona last year, he had like a bloody, uh, an, a, a little speaker on his bike. And so, you know, oh, he didn't vibe Bluetooth or whatever did it was. Did he do your head in? Uh, he didn't ride with me much. Oh. He was support crew. And he's doing the camp this year. Why wouldn't you awesome. have earphones? Sorry? Why wouldn't you just have earphones? Well, you can, then you can hear what's going on around you a bit more. Mm, it was cool. And well, Rick Ladd, going, he bought two books. Boom bopper. Boom bopper. Andrew Taylor. I oh know Andrew, he's a good man. And he's actually it's not. It's Laird, not Lard, by the way. Oh, Laird. Didn't I say Laird? I don't know. What did you say? I think you said Laird and I said Lard. I think I said Lard. I don't know. It's Laird. Okay. Richard Laird. Funny joke there, but you have to. No, don't. Carry on. I like a funny joke. No, it's okay. Not that funny? No. Okay. Had to be, had to be there. Richard Taylor, Outback Jack, mm-hmm. because he's a real estate agent and he does farms. Mm-hmm. He has farms. Nice. I think a real estate agent, like if you sell a farm. It's yeah. a pretty good commission. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Um, Will Moore, William Moore. Now, I thought of Moore, Moore, from Oliver Twist. Right. So then I've called him The Twist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, DJ Jonker. J- I just J- JD Jonker. Oh, what did I say, DJ? Yeah. I'm a bit dyslexic, really, aren't I? Uh, JD Jonker. I just thought of a jester. So I called him The Crazy Jester. Nice. Richard, uh, Grant Richards. I've got The King of Swing. Cool. Now, how did I get to that? I was going to go Richards again, Kramer from Richard, you know, that guy Richards, but then he got right. done for all the racial comments. Oh, right. Remember? So I can't really do that. So I went the crazy jester. Okay. Oh, the King of Swing, sorry. Uh, Vaughn Hunt, Commando. Vaughn Commando cranks Hunt. Cranks it, yeah. Let have some steam, cool. it. Um Catherine Floodquist, mm-hmm. uh, the Terrier. That's an old nickname that we had. Cool. Simon Thompson, the Beep Test. Right. Just when you, you, you been tested against them. Yeah. And then Edwin Warford, the blade. Nice. Because he chops you up. So there you go, guys. There if you, you want to donate, if you want to get your nickname, we've got a few more books to sell. So, And when are we, when are we chopping it off? Oh, we said that last week. I think it's going to be like a month or so. I think we said... I think you said during the third, no. 13th of May is yeah. the last day we sell the book and then we announce it on the 20th of May. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's confirmed now. So there we go. Go to www.buy and talk to me. Buy your book, 30 bucks. Change your life. Cool. Um, wait a second. Okay, Jumbo, what's your cost? Went to Hamner on the weekend. Oh, romantic weekend without the kids. Yeah, bliss. Really, was Gold. it? Does rain, it rain the whole time, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> 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 nice, you know, five-star uh, the St. James. Is it good? Five-star motel, quality. Five-star motel? Mm. Wow. Yeah, it was quality. Motel was a, why would you go to a hotel? Well, A, because there was only one hotel there. It's not actually that nice. No, the heritage is let down, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so yeah. this was this was quality. But but why? I don't get why you would not... Like hotels, they charge you for everything. Yeah. And you can't cook in your room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this it was quality. Hopples, went for a run. Watched um, 
Reacher. It was cool on Saturday night. Reacher, the Reacher. Jack Reacher. Oh, yeah. Jack Reacher. It was good. What did you think? It was good. I liked it. Heard, Watch, um, um, the, the, who's, who knows who's all? No, the, the evil guy. Uh, Have you seen the movie Grizzly Man? No. The one about the guy who lives with the bears and they eat him in the end? It's a no. documentary. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. But yeah, I was kind of ruined it for you. But um, he's the guy who, he's a very famous director. Oh, very right. famous director. He was a crazy dude at the end that got yeah. shot. Right. Yeah. He's a bit uh, evil. Watched a bit of King of Thrones as well. Bought that DVD. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Sorry. Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, did you, did you like it? Uh, it's pretty it, out there. It's soft porn, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, so I'm watching the latest series. Yeah. And John... They're definitely trying to dip on that soft porn yeah. side of things. Wouldn't call it that soft, some of us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so the lot of inside time, went to the hot pools and went for a run and just kitty free. Went up Friday afternoon, came back Sunday afternoon. Did okay. you leave too late Sunday afternoon? Well, we couldn't. It was raining. So once you got to get booted out of your hotel, yeah, uh, we did come home and the kids didn't come back till later. So it was, um, it was good. It's kind of caught up on life. Strongly recommend getting away, you, from, the kids. You're getting away from the kids. Seriously, if you've... Um, Especially if you're sort of at the end of your season or end of winter or start of season, whatever, just having some weekend time away, quality. I'm still going into the uh, the bank. What is it? The emotional bank or whatever. Yeah, put lots some credits of, in the emotional lots of credits bank account. In the emotional credit bank. There. Right, you can do six months of training now. That's I got know. you. <laughs> we know, know the real motivation. Yeah. You never got what's up this week. What's up this week? Easter coming up. <laughs> do you do a big Easter hunt or do you just no. wake up and they're there? Uh, it's a bit tricky because we just, you know, oh. the Easter eggs we get for Tommy are pretty, pretty expensive. They've got one big, you yeah. know, like $25 Easter egg, which is a gluten-free, dairy-free Easter egg. So, uh, and then I think there's a few things inside it. So that's about it. So, But they do do hunts and so we do like a lolly hunt and stuff. So, yeah. It's supposed to be pretty crappy weather, man. Sun's out for today, but other than that, it's been pretty crap for the last week. Plenty of trainer time. No, it's been terrible. We mm. had the worst summer ever. Mm. We had the best summer ever last year. Yeah. Anyway, what about you, Bevan? Well, I did the emceeing at the wedding show. Oh, yep. How'd that go? Few, a few interesting discoveries. Men yep. don't really care about wedding dresses. Yeah. Tell you what, I don't care about wedding dresses either, John, but I have to say, they're pretty impressive. Blunder cared about hers, to tell you that. Well, what you, what, can I ask what you paid? Uh, from memory, it's about five grand. Really? Mm. That's from memory. Five grand for a dress. Mm. I can't believe you let that happen. Got to let some things run. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it was, it was, it was, what, what it was right up there. I think it was uh, about 15000 I think. So five went on no, a dress. Maybe it was more than that. Maybe it was uh, closer to 20. I think it was so seven. I think, I, think it, I think it ended up being about seven, seven, seven. We split seven for us, seven for the parent. The Each of the parents. parents. I think that was what it was. So you're saying the quarter of the wedding went on her dress? It was a lot. A lot well, but you know what? Like, like, the, the chicks love it, man. You should have mm. seen their eyes, man. You should have seen them. They're like, they're like zombies possessed. Mm. When the, the, now, admittedly, you look at the dresses and they're pretty bloody impressive. Like, the work goes into them. Yeah, and the craftsmanship was like, the, mm. and the, the, the catwalk, you know, the, the, I don't know, whatever, the conference or whatever I was doing it for was obviously the top end. So you, there weren't the cheap dresses that you mm-hmm. could have trade me. And they were bloody beautiful. And, you know, like, you, but you did look at it and you go, wow, the amount of work that went into creating mm-hmm. something like this. But man, weddings, you could drop some money in a wedding. So they basically oh. had, at the conference, you had function places, wedding dresses, food. Mm. A lot of photo booths and photographers. Mm-hmm. What'd you pay for your photography? Not heaps, but it was good enough. Yeah, yeah it was still a lot. When I was younger, I was still like a grand or something, maybe. I had a mate who spent 110 on a wedding, 110k. Yeah, on a wedding. I know we did. We did pretty well. We we yeah, 20k's. We had you know really nice winery and all that sort of stuff. That was on the low end. Yeah, 110k. Yeah, what's yours going to be? What's yours going to cost? <laughs> 
feel I, it. I was going to get married in Kona. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I was getting married. Did I know you then? No. So I was going to get married on the beach in Kona. But you started trying. That was more important. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled it out. I cancelled the wedding a month before it. But that was cheap ads. Mm. See, that was a really funny one. This makes me look like a real prick, but I'm going to say it anyway. So, so she, because I, I wasn't really that keen on getting married, John. Mm. But she really wanted to. So mm-hmm. I kind of said yes. Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't have. And uh, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll get married, but we'll go and do it dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. So we were doing it on the beach in Kona. Mm-hmm. And she went and spent like two grand on a wedding dress. Did you reimburse her for that? <laughs> I was, well, no, we paid for it. We were together. Right. Yeah. But we broke up, John. She yeah. sells it on Trade Me. Did I get any of the money? Your punishment, then. It's your punishment. I don't know what you're going on about. Do you know this one makes me look like a real prick? I didn't actually buy her an engagement ring, so I didn't, I didn't have to get the money back. Weak. Weak. Poor Joe. It wasn't Joe. It was, Joe. It was know, Raylene. Poor Raylene. I felt sorry for her afterwards. I thought, wow, imagine, imagine, imagine this. Oh, I've got engaged. Oh, where's the ring? <laughs> we didn't get one. That is. Even when, so when I got engaged, I was living in the middle of nowhere, and so for you Pommy listeners, I was living in a place called Outer Water, in a part this when we were working in our what pub. What were you doing there? I was working in a pub just for six months, just to give it a go. Just Is this with Belinda? Like. Yeah, with Belinda. So, and, and you couldn't get anywhere. We had no car. If you wanted to get anywhere, it was, it was just a Did debacle. you like that life? That was okay, fine for six months. Yeah. It was kind of like being an Arthur's Pass or something like that. Yeah. And so I had to somehow arrange a sneaky trip. Because you don't go anywhere without each other because you're, oh. you're there together doing it. How do you together. disappear for eight hours without her knowing? And so I had to come up with some wonky story and went off to the big smoke. What was the wonky story? I can't even remember what the hell I did. But some, somehow I had to go into town either without her or maybe we went together. So you chose, to, did you choose the drink? No, no, wait, wait. Okay, okay. And so I went to the some girl shop and got a, a fakey sort of one, which actually looked quite nice oh, really? for like 20 bucks. And then we went off and then we got the, uh, once we were engaged, then we went down to London and went to the um the What did you, what did you drop on a ring? Well, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Oh, it was one of those we ones. The connection. So we, it was all, all custom made and everything and we, we um yeah, got it from a guy How'd you propose? London. I've never heard the proposal story. Oh, you must have done. No, I don't think I have. I was, uh, oh, that was so <laughs> interesting. There's a tiger coming out of my throat. So we went to, we're flying to Venice. Went to Venice for the weekend for just a Did little she weekend away. No. So you'd got the girly ring, the cheap girly ring. Che- cheap girly ring. And um, and we were going to go out for dinner. I said, well, why don't we go around, you know, punting on the, oh, the boats. Such romantic. Punting on the boats in Venice. Yeah. And I had with me a bottle of Polaris wine, which is, is her favourite sparkling is bubbles. Her it's a Cloudy Bay bubbles. Okay. From New Zealand? Yep. So you got a wine from New Zealand when you're over in Venice? Yep. I, I did oh. pre-arranged and also her fav- I got some her favourite cheese and some oh. oat crackers. And so we went and did uh, punting on the rivers around Venice. Now, 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 Belinda, we know one thing we know about Belinda is she's not very easy to surprise. Mm. So did she see it coming? No, she didn't. Not oh, at all. well done. No. So and, then what happened? And then... Uh, so I proposed on the boat and, and she quickly got me off because uh, I sort of went in front of her. She quickly said yes and got me off there because so the boat wouldn't tip over. Oh, really? <laughs> and then uh, she even stuffed up. I, I stuffed up and I'd realised when we were leaving, she said, why are you taking a backpack? Oh, I'm just taking a backpack. And she still didn't get it. And then I even had to run back up to the hotel room because I realised I'd forgotten a knife to cut the cheese with. Oh. And so I ran back up and she still didn't, didn't have a suspicion. So I, I got her. And did she cry? No. Just- <laughs> we're not an emotional couple. It's just... <laughs> Yeah, now let's get out of here. Yeah, let's get on with it. Let's <laughs> did, go for some dinner. Did, did, uh, did she say yes straight away? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course she did. Oh, obviously. I'm a catch. I'm a catch. <laughs> a catch. She's stepping up. She, she was betting up. Exactly. You know, you 
Right, Bevan. What's up this week, Ian? What's up this week, Easter? I've got to try to do some painting on the house. We're doing house work as well. Mm. We're doing, got we're to doing, stop raining. No, I can do it. I've got to do painting as well, actually. Mm. But we're inside a little bit. Mm. Got nice. to do a winter, a winter. Nice. I've got to go biking now. Fun what times. What are you going to do? I'm going to do my little intervals on the road and see how well I cope with that when I haven't got the machine telling me how sh- hard I should be going. Oh, you've got your, got your Garmin, I see that. I know, but it's... Why'd you put it inside? Sorry? I'm going to program my session into my Garmin before I go. Can you do that? Mm-hmm. Jeez, technology's moved on since I've stopped mm-hmm. riding. Yeah, exactly. I only stopped six years ago. Exactly. People want you back. Well, yeah. Next week, big show. Got to do double show plus Legends next week. I've got to organise Legends, so... It's going to be a big day. Yeah, but it's... Okay, guys, let's Iron, move on. Iron Russ. Have you had a cream egg yet? No. Will you have a cream egg? Yes. Will you? Oh, you haven't had one. Good. Yep. Iron Russ. I'm in, dope. Train hard. Transfer. Kia kaha. You hooked up. I did. <laughs> that was quite good. Okay, see you guys.